Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Action Tune Brothers. I am Ben. And I am Matthew Lewis. And today is a very exciting episode because not only are we doing the last three episodes, the season finale of Legend of Korra Season 2, Yep. but we also have two very special guests with us. Oh yeah, let's introduce the first guest, his returning guest in front of the podcast, Ed Bobinchek. What's up, y'all? I am the Moonslayer. <laughs> <laughs> and um, our second guest is actually, first time on the show, our other buddy, Chris Bow. Hello, I am Chris, and catchy taglines are not my thing. Oh, there we go. Fair enough. That's nasty enough. Not robot-like <laughs> at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> and uh. now that now that um, we're all here, all set and ready to go, let's just dive right into episode 12, Harmonic Convergence. Harmonic Convergence. Yes, and we start off on Julie, the ship, not the actual <laughs> person, yeah, um, with Team Avatar, including Tenzin, Kaya, and Boomy, yep. where... Um, uh, where Kaya is Kaya, being healed yep, by Janora. Right? Is healing Janora, which, yeah. by the way, she still has not been in her body for all this time. And is as that's happening, week, right? I think they do say it has been a week. Also, we keep hearing this beautiful flute music playing over the scene since it, the beginning yes, of it. I, I literally did that which, in my notes before. <laughs> which, which we actually find out is Boomy yeah. playing a flute. Like a nice little wood flute. As Korra is training more... Angry airbending, just punching in the air. <laughs> yeah, we, we get Tenzin being like, this is what Unalak's gonna do. And Korra's just like... Rah! Yeah, Mako's just sitting there watching, just being like, oh boy, Bolin, of course, with a cool purple coat. <laughs> yeah, cool purple, like, plastic <laughs> cake. Yeah, and a cool very uh, cake. Yeah, it, oh, I said a floppy pl- pie slice. It was really weird. And we actually find out about this battleship called the Julie. There's an entire section with funhouse mirrors, and there's all, and there's also wait, what were they called? Cat like, gators. Cat gators. Yeah, Which, Aedas pants. <laughs> why can't we see those? I think we've seen like weird alligators before, but why yeah. Does a ship have funhouse mirrors? Because <laughs> have it's very, it's very. <laughs> Also, is crocodilo? Those things exist, right? Cro- crocodilos. Yeah, well, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I think so. There's crocodilos and cat gators. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, just making sure I got that. We've been over one of the episodes where, like, the uh, with the one episode especially, where it was, like, thousands of years in the past, but still there were, like, pig chickens and pig cows and, like, all kinds of weird yeah. cross animals. Yeah. Like, okay, that predates the Avatar, I guess. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. I mean, because this setting is, is literally where, like, autom- automobiles are just starting to become a thing. Yes, yeah, so that is fair. Um, but then, as all of that is happening, as, you know, Bolin is talking about his coat and all that stuff... Bullen's like, so, have you told uh, Korra about the breakup and everything like that? And making out with Asami. Yeah, and and, and making out (laughs) slash dating with Asami. And, of course, Mako's like, "Mm, I'm waiting for the right time in which Bolin gives him some sage advice. Yeah. Because giving bad bad news to a woman is like pulling off a blood-sucking leech. You just gotta do it fast and get it over with. Oh, wait, haven't we heard this before? Yeah, he's like all in his brother's face saying, Isn't that what you told me, you freaking weirdo jerk? <laughs> and of course, Mako's like, I hate when you listen to me. That was so good. So he actually plans to tell Korra. In which case, Korra takes the training dummy and burns its head off, literally. Yeah, it's very funny. She, uh, Tenzin's coaching her, and that's when she like, ducks the head off and it falls right in Mako's lap, with yep. Mako's hair being burnt onto it, the straw. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and of course, he, Korra goes over and he's like, Hey, thanks for the head. And Mako's like, um, acha, uh, Ooh, do, hey do, do, Yeah, he backs out. Do, 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 oh, do, do, God. Do. <laughs> Damn it, you guys. I'm saying anything. But yeah, pretty much, um, he's awkward about it, but doesn't even get to tell her at all. Yeah, Tenzin's ready to ram the blockade <laughs> just to go full ham on Unalak because he has Janora. It's great. <laughs> yep. And of course, Kai is like, 
wait, Tenzin, you want to break through? Yeah, action in which, case, in, in, in which case, Tenzin's like, dude, I'm going to do anything to get my daughter back. I, I kind of like this part of Tenzin. Because oh, yeah. it actually shows the uh, the Katara in him rather than the Aang side. Oh, yeah. That's great. Uh, Boomy says he has a plan, but he just goes into one of his crazy weird stories. and yep, like, about, Tenzin's uh, like, shut up. Yep, pi- pirates, <laughs> a hurricane, two eggs, a jar of molasses, molasses <laughs> and it's just a good old time. But... As all of this is being said, Asami comes in. Yep, and some says, bad news. Yep, just says that they got a distress call and that something in the south just went down. Yep, uh, that's when we see the team flying in. The gang flies into the base, right, with uh, Tamikor's mom. The weird, out-of-nowhere southern water tribe base. <laughs> right, just out-of-nowhere thing. And of course, she's like, where's dad? And she and Korra's mom lets, lets her know that, well... The southern uh, Unalak took care of all of the southern tribe uh, soldiers that were yeah. fo- following Tonrock, and Tonrock is now captured. Uh, I know I missed that episode, but that ending was super fantastic because it showcased not only Unalak's ability at bending, yeah. but Tonrock, like the singularity of his strength there. Also, though, I was mad that just come on, you're about to punch him and grab him. Bring a little water with you, bro. <laughs> it was like, a. Yeah, it was a really cool fight between two water be- two water bending bats, which you like. Don't, we've never seen anything like that before in the you series. Really? Do- I mean, technically, you saw that with Katara and uh, I can't remember his name now. Who? The- pa- oh, Paku. Oh, yeah. Paku. 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 Yeah. Give me a second there. But yeah, you see that. They, then, did but- they fight fight? I mean, like, this is two like super high level, like crazy. They were doing crazy stuff, like freezing and unfreezing. I, all I, I, I think, oh, yeah. I think Katara really cool was looking. actually fighting while Paku was just being smug about it. Oh, he was fighting. I was a legit fight. But anyway, like that was a great way to end because you saw this like. Unalak is such a weird character. I know, again, I'm missing a lot here, but Unalak is such a weird character because he's so spiritually strong and waterbending strong, but in a different way to uh, Tanrock. Because, like, ironically, despite both being waterbenders and both being northern waterbenders, which, by the way, the northern water tribe is legitimately... Like the worst. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love water. I'm 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 a water tribe well, boy. They have, great, the they have great people like um the hell's his name? Uh, oh, Yakone. <laughs> <laughs> like Yakone. I mean, technically, technically isn't Yakone from Republic City we, now? We don't know where he's from, but me and me, I remember the episode we recorded that uh, we made fun of. He's probably just some uh that foggy swamps hick or something. Yeah, <laughs> I did, I did. Right. But yeah, no. The, the the North Water Tribe has literally produced almost nobody good except well, for Tonrock. But that's only because he went down to the south, and that's when he became good. Literally, what has the North done? Okay, I guess the moon. Okay, all right, whatever. <laughs> I would say that yeah, they have a lot going on. Oh, just the moon. <laughs> they have a lot going on up there because, like, that's the actual real, like, important capital, and that's what just like the whole season's been about. Like, that was just they, they've been important. The South has always been like a crappy little, practically nowhere, like. Still in huts when the North was doing really well, and that's why they're so like we feel superior, and they can well, just come in and take over, and, and they easily took over. Well, that was more <laughs> so because the Fire Nation. Uh, I'm guessing it was just easier to get to them. I mean, they were just hammering on the Southern Water yeah. Tribe yeah. for those hundred years. <laughs> so that's right. what took them down so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for to see them like early in the season when you saw them at such a height, and to see them where they're at now, it's honestly astounding. That this is only seventy years, and they're at such a peak level. Oh, yeah. yeah. Also, I'm about to say, I, we're getting waved down from yeah, Ben definitely. because <laughs> this is typical, this is typical podcast banter with like, like just going on a huge tangent in the middle of a thing. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, we will appreciate me. the work. Oh, yeah, they will. Um, but speaking of all of that, after finding <laughs> out uh, Tonrock has been captured, we get Jinora, you know, we have her getting carried in and Katara's like, yeah, okay, Katara. what happened? This is when we find out, not only after they tell her, you know, that her spirit's not in there, 
this is where we actually find out that it's almost been a week and that she's kind of slipping past, even though Kaya has been trying to yeah. keep her energy flowing. I don't know if they've been like scheduling so far, but now it's just like it's hours before harmonic convergence right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they also mentioned that too. So yeah, it's just everything is not going so well. Yeah, Unalak has the portal surrounded. They also find out here that he, like, he has yep. a huge encampment of people. And of course, that's when Boomy gives another heartfelt story about sandbenders and using a catapult to go in from above. Yep. And of course, Tenzin is like 110% done with Boomy's wild stories. Uh-huh. It's but, great. They uh, make the plan, but with that story, they yep. make the plan to use the Sky Bison and the planes to fly in yeah, and to attack much. the base. Which I was like, oh, really cool. Actually, going to have a cool, weird, like, air raid on the thing. I'm sure it'll go great. Surprise attack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, surprise attack, you know. wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of going wrong, we cut to Desna and Eska. Yeah. And they're walking in, you know, to their dad, and they're just like, hey, why are we still here? Yeah. Now, totally we've new. unified both of the tribes. We can go home now. All the portals are secured. And Unalak is just like, oh, come on. What I'm doing... We're not going to need any tribes or anything yeah, like that. I have that. big plans for the whole world. And also, Korra's on her way. Like, what? How do you know that? I just know. Yeah, I just know <laughs> did, did anyone else, when they first watched this, get... I was going to wobble the table. Sorry. <laughs> pick up on the did, thing. Uh, did anyone else, when they first heard him talk about unifying and all this, get a real Fire Nation vibe? Oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Definitely an Ozai vibe. I could, oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah, I kind of did, too. It, More mm-hmm. so technically a Sozin vibe than an Ozai vibe. Fair. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> he adjusted his glasses to <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> just like, <laughs> another great visual joke. <laughs> but yeah, he's definitely planning like a weird like water tribe conquering thing. That that's uh, it's really cool. <laughs> wait, wait, was Sozin, was Sozin not also like about like conquering the world? Or was that Sozin's just, one was just Ozai? Sozin, Sozin actually did it. Ozai was just like ruling after the fact. <laughs> yeah, because uh, Sozin yeah. Sozin's reasoning for the the hundred year war was the Fire Nation is so prosperous, we should spread that prosperity with the rest of the world by force if necessary, of course. Yeah, and, and first then, let's kill all those airbenders. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's exactly what it was. <laughs> and then of course Ozai was picking up the pieces of, of all that yeah. and trying to go with the entire world, not just you know the Fire Nation. Well, no, Sozin wanted to conquer the entire world. He just was, you know masquerading a little bit more so than Ozai. Yeah, and then he had Azula do all the real work. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But now, speaking of doing the work, it's time to put the plan in motion. So so we get Bolin, who is an earthbender, (laughs) on a plane, plane. (laughs) um, with Mako, both on each side of the wings, while Asami flies it to cause a distraction. And as as they're going to find an opening, Oogie, with everyone else, are just going to fly into the spirit, uh, spirit portal and seal them. Yep. That way, Vatu cannot escape or anything like that. And, of course, you know, uh, there's no one can foresee this plan. Everything's going to go fine. Immediately yeah. as the fog clears, they see spirits everywhere. Yeah, and all around the whole, portal. Like, yeah. we're, not, we're talking like an, an armada kind of uh, mm-hmm. amount of soldiers. And Bolin's just like, okay, they saw this coming. Yeah, and after a really cool fight, we actually see a waterbending army at its finest actually like yeah. fighting. It reminded me of the um, the bossing say... Uh, when they were raiding and like all those earthbenders were trying to take down, was it was it Aang or was it Azula's gang that they were trying to take down? When they had like all those army earthbenders like flipping things and throwing huge boulders, to, like that was when Aang and them were trying to get back in. Yeah, they're trying to get back in, but the Daily took over. Yeah. yeah. Oh right. Yeah. That was, yeah, that, that was a really good. Did you actually see like, see like tons of like air like our earthbending missiles being shot at at, at um uh, Appa? 
Right, <laughs> yeah. But in this case, just like yeah, you said, you get to actually see, like, yeah, giant ice spears getting shot at. And, like, bunker, bomb bunkers. It was crazy looking. Yeah, it is. And, you know, we get we get a whole bunch of, like, Mako actually shooting fire. And we also get Bolin. Yeah. Now, was he just was throwing them bombs. or was he actually bending? He was the, bending clay to yeah. okay, attach he, the yeah, bone, yeah. It, yeah, it was the clay. And, of course, clay using bombs. the, the Varric bombs. You do yeah. also forget to mention the fact they asked if Bolin... Like, Bolin, are you okay? He's like, I'm an earthbender on a plane, like, 100 feet in the air. Yeah, of course out. I'm not okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, of course, as all of that is going on, we we get, you know, Korra and company getting attacked by spirits, where we finally get to see Kaya just do, like, what Katara does and take some water out of it and actually do some bending yeah. to attack. And, you know, everything's going so well, so far. Which but is nice to see her do that, because it tells you that she's been trained... Primarily in Southern Water Tribe style. Yeah, very true. That, yeah, because as Hama tells you back, you know, way back in the day, that that's a Southern Water Tribe thing is, you know, carrying being, water with you, carrying water with you, and finding water, you know, from other sources than just like a lake. Yeah, right. And, and that's, uh, true, that's true. While the the team of Korra, Kaya, Tenzin, and Boomy's with them on the bison. And he's fighting a spirit, and it gets rustled off of it very coolly. It rustles yep. off, and it gets knocked off. And I'm going down. I'm taking you with me. Yeah, Boomy just being cool as always. And of course, he falls off, and, and he's done. He's out of the fight. He's done. You know? Yeah, he's he's we'll done. We'll never see him again. But speaking of speaking of in the fight, out of the fight, this is when we get Desna and Eska joining the fight to take down that plane. I'm gonna say I'll do this when we get the line about um, Bolin's line, Nuck Tuck Sky Warrior. Yep. <laughs> he's the next mover. Nuck Tuck Sky Warrior. The next I didn't mover. see that. Yeah, this one. Of, they finally show up. Uh, Oogie gets like covered in spirit goo. The twins take down the plane and mm-hmm. just like yeah, the whole plan goes to hell immediately. <laughs> yeah, it did, oh yeah, yeah, very quickly. And of course, everyone gets knocked out. The northern soldiers come in. Korra fades out, fades out of her consciousness, and then she comes back in, tied up where Tonrock is. Real quick, I do want to mention something that this fight did was it's one of the few moments to me that Mako really shows his strength. Him, Obviously, Bolin does, you know, yeah. constantly throughout the series, but Mako does not get as many moments like that, and, like, there's one particular scene where he does, he's firebending in front of a bunch of soldiers, and as they're flying back away, you see the flames still going, and mind you, they're fighting on a fucking, ooh. Ice place? Yeah. They're fighting on a, like a, yeah, snow and ice, and to see that fire still burning, and just to see the, the strength of it going down, is one of those few moments where you're like, Oh yeah, Mako is actually a really powerful bender. Yeah, I wish I could see this more. <laughs> and oh, yeah. I can do that more Mako, but he's, he's great. I mean, I can do that more Mako, but it's nice <laughs> to see a character be given such yeah, yeah. you know good moments. Like yeah, that. I, know, right? I, I mean, I mean, he literally starts out with lightning bending. Like in the in the previous Avatar series, you only saw that with Azula. And Iro, Iro, and then Mako can just casually do it. Like Jesus yeah. fucking Christ! <laughs> well, we found that family has a lot of really powerful stuff going on. <laughs> oh yeah. But yeah, um, that's not even that too. Like, to your point about lightning bending, I mentioned this in the last finale. Like lightning bending does not get used often, and in fact, in this in these three episodes, mind you, this is like the fate of the world is at stake. You know what's going to happen? You got to be going all in at every second. We see lightning bending from Mako one time. Yeah, once. Oh, yeah. yeah. Technically, technically twice because we see him using it in the factory, and then we actually see it another time in these in these episodes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And again, we'll get there. The fate <laughs> of the world in on the line. Yeah, once he should have done it more. Yeah, you're right. And speaking <laughs> of speaking of the fate of the world and all of this stuff, 
Um, Unalak walks in with Desna and Eska saying, Hey, now you're all captured. And now, blah, blah, blah. Finally tells us his plan. About, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> evil <laughs> speech about how he is going to uh, <laughs> create a new world. And then he reveals his, his plan where he is going to fuse with, with Batu and become the Dark, Dark Avatar. Avatar. Which is weird because... He can't be an avatar if he doesn't have all four elements. Well, he has. Well, we found he has one weird ability that uh, the oh, avatar yeah. doesn't have. Uh, but like, uh, we'll get there. Don't jump ahead. No, Ed. no. Ed it's just he straight up's like, I'm gonna be the dark avatar. Yeah, but it's after that. Yeah, Why after that, obviously, that would be okay? <laughs> after the obviously evil framing of that name, he immediately does say what Juan did was bad, and separating humans and spirits was the wrong thing to do. And it was like, oh, okay, that's what he actually, that's what he believes, and that's why he's doing this. I guess that makes sense, kind of. But why is the dark avatar? Because Vatu's literally a dark spirit. <laughs> I guess maybe I'm not. I'm not gonna try to justify his crazy plans. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I mean, I guess you could make the argument that uh, so, like, so the, the avatar that we all know and love is is based on Rama, like, like explicitly a spirit of light. Yeah. Right. So I, I guess like one could say, well, why why can't we have a similar figure that is explicitly a, a spirit of dark? Yeah. Uh, kind of kind of embodying. Uh, a similar theme of balance in that regard. So it's like, well, we have one avatar in uh, explicitly in light. Well, why not introduce a dark avatar? Right. Yeah. The, the yin like, to like, the yang. Like, yeah. like, like an like equally the... valid concept. Except the dark avatar, we don't. I mean, I guess we theoretically have power over the four elements, and I mean, well, no, it doesn't. But... It would have to no, because like the process of which one went through to learn them didn't have anything to do with Rava specifically, except for that she allowed him to hold more than one while he was training, and then eventually he held all four of them. But like. Uh, uh, that'd be a whole process for him to but like I said we'll get to we'll get to that the dark avatar concept when we get to the dark avatar Uh, so I I guess if like I guess if uh, if becoming the dark avatar would theoretically allow you to wield all four elements it's just that uh, you have to learn them, maybe. Yeah, it's just that Unalak speci- specifically is a waterbender, so that's all he knows how to do right yeah. now. But also, while well, we're gonna get go off topic, yeah, episode, say. but like also, I was gonna say, um, one was given though specifically by a lion turtle. I don't think there's any way for him to be given the elements again. Well, now, oh right, actually, <laughs> yeah, you know, I just re- I just realized actually, this it actually does make sense for uh, Unalak to be the avatar and not have all the elements because, well, that's exactly how Aang did it. He was just an airbender, specifically. He yeah. just had to learn all the other ones, so... Yeah. But anyway, yeah. But like you said, we're getting off topic, because... I just, the, the name Dark Avatar bothers me, because that's like, it's you know, dumb. I'm an evil oil oil baron. Yeah. It's like, no, you're an oil baron who's doing evil things here. Like, you gotta... You don't call yourself a bad guy, <laughs> you know? Because that's... And, and that's something about Avatar, and, and especially The Legend of Korra that I always loved, is that... You know, the villains have a point. And, and Unlock's point of, you know, spirits, equality, mm-hmm. and what one did was wrong, and those things, there's a nobility in that. It's just like how Amon's point of equality for benders and non-benders had a point. You know, he didn't call himself a terrorist. He called himself an equalist. You know, so Unlock mm-hmm. calling himself the Dark Avatar is like, again, it's like, Amon calling himself a terrorist. That just—that's what bothers me. Well, not about. necessarily. Like, like you, you could make the argument that uh, that's the, that the word "dark" and the word uh, and the concept of evil are not the same thing in this universe. Yeah. 
I mean, that's that true, but a thousand years of darkness is like... I mean, darkness is typically associated with evil, but I feel like in this context, it's just, it's a force. It is an entity that exists. Yeah, the opposite of Rava. Rava wasn't nice, so it's like, it's... Yeah. Conceptually, like, Vatu, like, never said anything purposefully malicious, I guess. Well, he probably did, but like, but, like Rava was very jerkish and off-putting to humans and was like, yeah, F off, one, go away from me, and so all that stuff. So, like, it's, it's not specifically evil, it just, yeah, it does sound evil because it's literally the aspect of a dark spirit. It's it's complicated, it's crazy also, stuff. But also, yeah, we're still like five seconds of in the light and balance versus <laughs> dark and chaos. Yeah, who knows? You know. Well, no, they both want. Wait, did they both want balance? I don't even know. Well, how on balance? What's didn't want balance either? Rava? Like, I guess I don't even know. Well, she understood. Oh, yeah, the concept. actually, she was. Yeah, she was purposely trying to hold uh, Vatu while I know we're gonna keep. We're gonna keep cutting off Benegus. We're trying to wave us to stop. <laughs> gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say Rava was purposely holding. Vatu in place. Vatu wanted to escape and become more powerful. So I guess that's why he, technically he would be evil. Now, where the hell are we in these notes? Just, all, all I was going to say is, is we'll, we'll get that either in between episodes or when that episode comes up. <laughs> However, um, after that evil uh, evil plan being revealed... I'm going to say, yeah, you sound like Todd Rocket trying to convince his brother not to be evil anymore. <laughs> it does not work. I'm not M. Water Tribe. <laughs> we'll get there in a minute. <laughs> anyway, um... Now that we have the evil plan in motion, and Unalak is like, Desna, Esco, watch these fools. Yep. We we have a little bit of hope. Kaya gives us a little bit of hope. Yeah. Boomy is still out we there. We still have Boomy. Oh, what, what is he gonna do? Come on, guys. <laughs> cut thank, to Boomy. <laughs> thank you, Tenzin. Yeah. Cut, cut the Boomy, who is still alive. Yep, he's with the Dark Spirit who he wrestled off of the Sky Best, and he starts to box it really yeah, cool. He, <laughs> he starts to fight it, and he, he learns very really cool. quickly that you don't fight a spirit with your fists because they punch back. Yeah, he a cool, a cool like fake out there. Yeah, he did like his job. Yeah. He's like, I'm gonna wind up. Oh nope, other hand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, he had some, he had some really good moments. Of course, they don't do anything to the spirit. It just knocks him away, and he's just like, oh my. He's like, oh no, I'm a, I'm gonna throw a knife at you. It just goes through like gelatin, but then it flies right back at him. Yep, knocks him out. And then he's just like, oh my goodness, I have my flute. When he pulls it out, it makes a little noise, and the spirit stops. Yeah, it's like he's like. Wait a minute. Plays a little bit of music, and the, uh, the spirit doesn't turn light, but it does pacify a little bit. And he's yep. just like, we have a music lover here, and cue the two best characters, Pabu and Naga. Yeah, I, don't, I forgot to mention that they were left at the weird uh, base but when they took the plane. Yeah, no No, no! Yeah. Oh, they're the best. They, yeah, they were left. They, they were left back at the camp. I don't know if he said that, but they, no, we, we actually they never mentioned them until just now. Yeah, they decided to come and actually try to help. This way, you go back to Cora trying to convince her two cousins, like, "Hey, your dad's crazy and evil," and he's just like, "They're like, no, shut up, he's right." They're like, well. He did try to, like, when I was about to die, he really didn't care. Oh, no, not yet. Oh, no, not yet. But he's right. totally not evil. I thought the same thing. I was waiting for it. I'm like, oh, wait, that's not evil. Yeah, that's, that's later. We had Desna's like, no, my father's good. And yeah, he's, he's the it, wisest it, man in the world. Yep, pretty much. And then we go back to Boomy and company, and he's all, like, he, he actually takes down a guard and everything. He yeah, he's dresses solid up like snake king all through the base like a cool dude. And, <laughs> and he totally tries to Pied Piper all of the spirits. He plays his flute, the spirits start surrounding him, and then they immediately proceed to attack him. Yeah, they start beating him up, and he just slips out from underneath him, and he's like, it's not working. He's like, <laughs> he's like it's working. He gets attacked, it's not working. Runs and, like, panics, goes into one of the tanks, and then... The spirits just take over the tank, yeah. which makes it literally hay go haywire and destroy 
everything. Yeah, it's in like that the, it cords to like some kind of uh, what is like a, like a tower in the middle and just like starts swinging and taking down all of the tents and like knocking over all the people. It's that would like, explain to me though why the water tribe needs platinum mechanized. Tents. I was curious how they got them. Okay, yeah, we know how they got them. Varric, remember? Varric didn't give them anything. Yeah, he did not did. give the North anything. He didn't give he the North did. anything? The South probably was stealing the shipments. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, yeah. Like, the the South, he wasn't. He was stealing them himself. He was taking them from Asami without paying just because he's Varric. But, like, I guess, yeah, when the South, when these Southern people lost, I guess they could have gotten the takes from them. That's a very, that's a uh, detail no, that they didn't we do. never saw this. The, the South had those. They would have used But them. they were sending them to the South. That's what Varric's plan was. Yeah, Varric was going to send them to the South. They didn't pop uh, out of nowhere. I guess. But and you can, you can logic out how, but it's not really explained in the show how I they just, got them or why they would need them. Uh, they wouldn't need them because they have the goddamn spirits, which are much more useful. <laughs> when I was watching the, uh, the Night of a Thousand Stars and, you know, there's the tanks that show up in it. I'm thinking... Why does he have mechanized tanks? He's an evil oil baron or an evil waterbender. Like, why does he need them? Yeah. Just, just you know, I'm supposed to think even blood bending in that in, in Nucktuck. In Nucktuck? Oh god, that would that have been really on topic. Ooh, for that would have been. <laughs> but um, like, yeah, he takes down the entire camp with just the one <laughs> thing. Really oh, hilarious. But it even gets better because as the spirits are free, uh, making the uh, tank get destroyed and everything like that, Boomy ejects. Flies over and just happens to slide into the tent, knocking out Desna and, a- <laughs> yeah. Desna and Eska. Well, sorry, knocking them down. Yeah. Because after all of that, Desna and Eska get up and Naga literally bumps their heads together. Yeah, and and you mean she Naga bends. Yes. Oh, yeah, she Naga bends. bends. You're right, you're right. <laughs> and of course, Tenzin's like, How did you do it, Boomy? Boomy starts to try to explain. It. He goes, Die, you'll like, never oh, I just used my trusty flute and uh, whatever. It's like, oh, stories aren't true. Boomy's great. Yep. <laughs> and then, fantastic. And then, of course, um, they have now a new plan. Like, like, like both this version of Boomy and the the prior series Boomy were both fantastic. Oh my goodness. All Boomies are great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, has anybody mentioned at all that uh, Boomy's facial hair is clearly inspired by the Fire Nation? Is it? Yeah, he's the same as Zuko, as old school Zuko and... Uh, Iroh. He's got the points on the side. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, he on the yeah, yeah. He is clearly Fire Nation expired. expired. I mean, then again, then again, <laughs> then again, his general is, well, General Iroh, so... I mean, they, they seem to be based on the Fire Nation. Aren't they equal to Boomy was a general? No, uh, is Boomy... was am pretty sure Boomy was a general. He's a second... Okay. He like yeah, he was a general, like, second in command, I want to say. Oh, yeah, okay. they're both and he retires like, right. into this season. Yeah. Uh, that's right, he did. Um, but yeah, yeah, anyway, now they, go, now they go to the portal, because now there's nothing, because Boomy, somehow Boomy bended all of those guys yep. away. Uh, Sami's taking, uh, Tonrock to the healers. Yep, because Tonrock was like, I want to go, and Korra's like, no, get healed. Also, we're like, Asami, you can't take on spirits and all that in this finale, so we need to... She could have helped. <laughs> she could have helped. She, dude, she's got the gloves. She, against spirits, come on. Well, the Benny doesn't do much against spirits either, though. So. Fair, fair. It is more than an electrified glove. Maybe. Well, yeah, that's why he didn't lightning make it. Lightning wouldn't have been helpful. There you go, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> it did help there. Um, but now everyone else is going to go in and stop Unalak and yep. stop all of this from happening. So they go in, and uh, Tenzin, Kaya, and Bumi go to search for Jinora. And as that's happening, the, uh, the other three members of Team Avatar yep. go to fight Unalak 
And well, Cor- as, as Cor- 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 trying Cor- to seal the portals. Yep. And of course, as Korra sealing the portals and Mako. Well, they also and, say if they fail the if they uh, fail the way out might be lost forever or something like that. It's something like that. Oh, wow, the hell they're gonna be stuck there? That's yep. very weird. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right because Bolin freaks out about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then of course all of this is happening and uh, all and all of a sudden you know Mako and Bolin are trying to fight Unalak. Korra's trying to seal the portals, but Batu's like, "Oh no, you're not gonna make it in time." Blah blah blah. Yep. And. He's absolutely right because yep. immediately the planets align. Yeah, Unalak stops her with water bending, right? He uh, something like her. that. Yeah. yeah. No, she she almost does it because Bolin yeah. and Michael are holding Unalak back. Yeah, they're doing really and good. And Korra gets the thing, and she's just about to close it. And if they had not tried to do all these fancy plans ahead of time, and just like, okay, you go, we need to go immediately. Yep. Would have closed on time, but nope. Seconds, seconds, boom, everything is aligned. Dark Harmonic en- convergence begins! Yep, dark energy yep. fills the whole planet. Uh, is it dark energy, or is that just like planetary? It's darkness. It's, it's literally it's, darkness. It's dark cosmic energy. I'm assuming it's like Kingdom Hearts level dark energy, who the fuck knows? <laughs> <laughs> yes, because it's the darkness in everyone's heart. Yeah, so this, is a, this is one of those, the weirdest moments in Avatar, which is crazy because later on in this, in this, this episode, it gets even crazy, it gets really crazy. But the craziest thing to me is not only is there the, all the planets they show outer space, but this is, and they refer to it, Earth. This is Earth. This whole thing yeah. takes place on Earth. I think in the one episode, me and Ed, we talked about how the planetary system did not look like ours. <laughs> the, 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 what the planets are and the way that they're sized and the way that the ring ones and uh, the ones that aren't ringed. We were like, this does not look like our solar system. So yeah, it's maybe it's not Earth. Who knows? Maybe it's just Earth-like. <laughs> they refer to it as Earth. Do they They know? say Earth. I don't know about they, that. They say that the Earth. They say the fate of Earth or something like that. They literally use the word Earth, and I remember that. Okay, well, I don't know. It's some kind well, of weird other Earth, I guess. Because, yeah, well, the planets are hey, weird. But guess what? You're absolutely right. The fate of the Earth is going to be on the hinge because now that Harmonic Convergence is here... A huge Vatu, explosion. It freezes Vatu. Yep, Vatu <laughs> yep, is now officially free. And step, step, step one of Unalak's plan... Check. Yeah. Now time for fusion, maybe? It's like, but yeah. <laughs> the episode ends there. He looms over them evilly, laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and then the episode ends. Okay. Big bad evil guy, Ed. Yeah. Like evil oil bear. <laughs> yes, because Vatu is a big evil... I was saying, like, well, Unlock probably be like a crazy corrupt pastor because his, his spirituality stuff is kind of like a... Oh, Lord, you're analogous right. to religious stuff, I guess, for Avatar. Oh, right. So he's like, Fran- back in the day, France evil Catholic priest. France, evil guy. France. Oh, Frollo? Francis? France. You like know, the, the country, like, France. The country, France. I thought you were talking about a person named France when you phrased that sentence. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I was like, so who he's Frollo, is what you're saying. Yeah, he's Frollo. Yes, there, he's Frollo. <laughs> I would say that's about <laughs> he's right. He's freaking Frollo. Yeah. Uh, also, for, yeah, for like the uh, mid-episode thing, uh, Chris, we all know our preferred bending styles. Now, Chris, you must tell us what yours is. Oh, goddamn, really? Yeah, that's what yep. you do on the core episodes. Okay, great. I mean... <laughs> 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 and, and I'm totally not getting a uh, a hint from Ed. <laughs> you got, you got, uh, w, W, W. <laughs> hey, don't be a dunderhead. Trying to, trying to coerce me into saying water tribe. No. Don't say listen, anything. Don't listen to that dunderhead. I did not imply anything. I told you my favorite. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. told us his last time. I, we asked, I asked um, uh, Ben in the first episode we did, so we yeah, asked you. <laughs> okay, well, uh, okay, look, so... So I don't have an immediate answer that I can give. Like that's, that's fine. fine dude. Like, like all the like all those bending styles are really cool in their own regard. They have like their own uses. Uh, they have their own like like representations and just like like the aesthetics of like what the uh, 
but like, the actual like body and hand movements. Oh yeah. Wait a minute. Th- all look th- like? This this makes sense. We have one water tribe. We got unfortunately, fortunately actually, two earthbenders. We have the Avatar. Who doesn't who doesn't care about he likes all four. Gonna, Hooray! No. I'm the Avatar guys. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's canon. Someone just took a cheap way out of not giving us. Oh uh, yeah, come answer. on, yeah, he was building something. <laughs> what we what's the real answer? God damn, what's, okay. the real, what's the real answer? Okay, so let's see. Like, how, why is it water? No, it's earth. 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 Yeah, Chris, why is Earth the best? <laughs> Chris, hey, Chris, Chris. We're blowing Here, the crap out of this mic. Let's change the, Let's tweak the question a little bit. Yeah, we. I mean, we know we were asking about favorites. If you were a bender, what kind of bender do you think you would be? I'll come specify more and say in the Avatar world, which one would you be? Just it's, in that time period. In, okay, the time period in, of in that time period, with all, with what the technology is at that time, and the and you know the state of the world uh, as as portrayed in the series. Uh, if I had to pick exactly <laughs> one, oh god, yeah. it's. Pro- I mean, it's kind of a tie between fire and earth. I think, just because, like, uh, as far as like, because I think I would probably prefer the bending styles that are the more practical and that are more have more of a like that I can more easily benefit a community. Um, like like earth bending to uh, to like like provide mm-hmm. like like structures like create housing, uh, or just <clears throat> or, or maybe even to like I don't know, uh, deal some vines like 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 swamp bending. I know that's a that's, that's water bending. I, I know I know it's a variant <laughs> of water bending, <laughs> but it's also a variant of earth too. Water. No, it's not. Vine bending is water bending. That's right, controlling the water and the water. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just like sand and rock and crystal are, are and uh, <laughs> other things are all earth bending. Anyway, anyway. But so what you're saying it, is, is like you know, you'd like if you'd probably do like earth bending to like build structures and make things down, or maybe like fire bending, which also an extension is like lightning bending to like, yeah, give power. Well, right, right. Like so, so that's the thing. Like fire bending is great because it's like, well, yeah, fire. It, fire has the potential for like, like mass destruction. But it also is is warmth and heat, which is literally the basis of life. Yeah. Technically, though, like that that internal heat is something that it's mentioned that that's an airbending technique. That's actually where Zuko learned. Because if you think about it, back to the episodes of the prison, you know they, the cooler you know is used to make firebenders not be able to firebend or anything. Zuko is able to keep himself warm because. You know, the internal fire is something that he was taught by Iroh, which is something that Iroh picked up from airbending. That using that internal, yeah. and everything, the, energies to warm yourself. Yeah, well, well, sure, also the, sure. the redirecting lightning was something that Iroh learned from water Waterbenders, so, yeah, actually. He was right. a very cool dude. Yeah. <laughs> Iroh was great. I mean, just to, like, the point being, like, producing fire is, like, you know, producing heat when there is no, well, there is no, like, uh, provided source of of warmth and heat like it like if, if the you know on really 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 cold winters having fire bending available to you will prevent you from dying yeah, uh, yeah. and then of course you know, like, like lightning bending is you know when technology is advanced enough to where you could have like electrically wired uh like you know lights yeah they have radios and all kinds of stuff in that time right because tv oh, i think too with the, with the movers oh, yeah yeah because because yeah. <laughs> like in the first avatar series i don't think they even really had electricity it was, no. it was pretty much exclusively like candles yep yeah, yeah those torches and it was like, like why that. are you like what's the point of bending up throwing the lightning bolt around who needs right. that <laughs> and, and, and then yeah and then the, in Korra, it was like the industrial revolution where like they, they actually had like radios and other various means of like electric mm-hmm. Uh, like infrastructure, so you need lightning benders for that. So, yeah, so literally, yes, yeah, so, so, so I, what I hear is Chris wants to be a firebender, so it's still a two to two 
It's two. Two for Earth. Two to one two, one. two to the crappy Earth bending, and then two against the crappy Earth bending. Oh, it's just against Earth bending? high five, Chris. And then hang on now. Hey, hey. He's fire bending. He's not air bending. Hey, you don't need me hanging. Okay, no, hang on, hang on. Yeah, you're, you're saying that's my, that's my talk right, about fire bending. It means. He's on your team with water. <laughs> like, don't worry, listeners. Two, we'll never have another guest that does not like Earth bending again. You don't have to worry. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Actually, time out for a second. You're cheering on Chris. When Chris says pretty much he gave a lot to uh, fire and earth, mind you, but to fire, which is the exact opposite of water. They're two sides of the same coin, though. He's just against us. Are they? 100%. That was just Hang on, are they? Yeah. Let on that. Firebending is more about being offensive. You're forcing the opponents into the positions that they want through aggressive movements. Whereas water bending is about letting the opponents come to you and moving to their movements to where you want them to go so you know where they're going to be. I mean, if you think about it, Amon used blood bending to control other people so subtly that he could both dodge and move his way closer towards them. If you've ever watched Amon's bending and the way he, or I guess not bending, the way he fought, he always would start far away and worked his way. Just slight movements here and there. You know, mm-hmm. out, water bending is a very defensive about it. It's about taking your opponent's movements and turning that against them. Whereas mm-hmm. fire bending is about using your movements to force your opponents to make mistakes. Mm. Mm-hmm. This is fair. That is yeah. very fair. Well, we could go on for much, much longer, but we should probably get back to the next episode. What is Thank you for your answer, Chris. We'll have you yeah. down as a firebender, I guess. <laughs> uh. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> he, he, he's, he, he's fire with some earth, so yeah, yeah, give us some credit. He's a firebender, not an earthbender. Air high five, Chris. <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. Air high five. Folks, I just air high fived. It's very disrespectful to the actual podcast hosts of this day. I'm very disappointed. <laughs> speaking of which, uh, I, I didn't realize there was a correct answer, Matt. Sorry. <laughs> you were supposed to say earth. Of course, there's a correct answer. <laughs> so, hey, what is the next episode? Though? Next episode, Darkness Falls. Mm. Uh, the last time is all about just like the, the last part of the episode with them failing to close the portal. Uh, we see Vatu just like looking, looming over the team again, and smiling. Unlock's just like, yeah, I won. It worked. He's <laughs> just cheering I on. did it. Yep. Cora uh, immediately goes to the Avatar State, and Unlock just knocks him away. As she yep. starts her battle with Vatu. Yes, she does. Yes, she does. Some really cool betting on her part. This will be cut to Boomy, Kaya, and Tenzin in the spirit world searching for Jinora's spirit. Which is great because Boomy's like, I know how we can find Jinora. We'll just track her footprints and follow them. And of course, Kaya's like, we're in the spirit world. Nothing leaves footprints. Here, I'm going to try a thing. She sits down and starts meditating. And we're talking just like the... Trying to do a mantra. Oh, yeah. She's just like, I think she's that way. She puts it in a direction. And Boomy's like, you know what you're doing. I feel a lot of spiritual energy. And of course, (laughs) Boomy's like, we're in the spirit world. It's everywhere. Yep. And of course, Tenzin's like, this is pointless. I'm going to ask for help from a spirit. (laughs) Yeah, this is when they go to that weird, crazy looking tree. Tenzin's like, excuse me, spirit, can you help? And then a crazy. It was just a weird looking tree. It was like, I'll go find a spirit. And they go to this tree where there's like. Dark brown, nasty, webby looking. Yeah, very yeah, pretty much. Oh it, man, brown nice? tree. You never <laughs> see those anywhere. No, it was like dark, angry. It yeah, was yeah. like yeah, clearly molded. So like this opening to this hole in the tree was not naturally created. Something carved its way into this tree and is spread outwards. But it looks, it looks pretty gnarly. It looks and, it, and, and, and of course. In, in their part of the spirit world that they were in, it was like, oh, nice, vibrant colors. And then they go to this, like, dark, 
brown, earthy kind of. It's like, um, red flag anyone? No, it's fine. This crazy scorpion spider monster comes out and tries to rub them up. <laughs> There's a little, little uh, cuttlefish head thing. Yeah, it's a very weird amalgamation uh, arachnid thing. Anglerfish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just see, like, a, oh, yeah, that's why he went to the fridge. He saw like a little anglerfish light. Yeah, and then immediately he's just like, like go away. And he tries to attack them. Uh, they fall off of a cliff and they are completely lost as to where they need to go. Yep. This is when we cut back to Korra, who is still bending like crazy. Immediately already is like whooping Vatu's butt, kind of. Mm-hmm. Doing some serious damage, but she is then caught by his weird, crazy vine ability. Vi- vine tendril. Oh, yeah, that's another things. thing that Unalak... I won't say, when we get to the actual uh, thing, there's, some, there's a couple things that Unalak can do that aren't Avatar stuff, but they're different from the Avatar. But we'll get to that when we get to it. But um, then, yeah. we get outside, where we see... Uh, Mako and Bolin trying to hold Unalak back. Did yep. you mention that he got thrown out of this? Room? Yeah, I said that she, she, she uh, Avatar stated him and just knocked him away. Yeah, she, yeah, she airbended knocked him and like, threw yeah. him into the portal and yeah. Mako and Bolin went out there. Which bothered me because they had an easy solution. Just earthbend like all the way up as high as you could, Bolin. Just move earth and make this giant wall so you couldn't get yeah. in but, hey, but, Bolin says he doesn't but know here's if the they issue can with that. take him, though. Even, even the... As good of a waterbender as Unalak is, he could have made ice so tough that it could have cut. Yeah, but it's easier to see like that go in and destroy the wall or him trying to fly above it well, than it is, oh, we're going to try and stand behind this one, this, this 360 portal and try to find this guy who's hiding among the trees. Yeah, Bolin's even like, I don't think we can win, guys. And he's like, no, we can got this. Maka says that they just need to delay him for Korra to beat Vatu, which he already was doing, so it should be fine. Exactly. If you make a <laughs> giant wall, it should, it should delay him. Yeah. He's not going to stop him, yeah. but it should delay him. Well, Bolin's not the cleverest, but he's the greatest, so it's yeah, yeah, fine. Bolin's the best boy. Not the cleverest, but the greatest. <laughs> yeah, but uh, back with Aang's kids, as I keep referring to him in my yeah, notes. Aang's kids. They wander around, and a sassy mushroom, they see, because like, it's like, I'm not, I'm, you didn't come yeah. by me before, it's okay. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I've seen, and Tenzin's like, I've seen that mushroom five times. And of course, Boomy's like, no, you haven't. And yes, the I have. While they're wandering lost in these where they're going to finally meet Iroh. Best boy tag. And the fact that they know Iroh was very like dull. It's like, hey, they actually got to meet him before he like left his body or whatever the heck he right. said he did. <laughs> and of course, you know, Iroh's like, hey, um, you guys shouldn't be here. Oh, he's also with one of Wan Shidong's foxes. Yep. Wanchi foxes. That is definitely weird because Wanchi Tong at this point is like. He's, yeah, also I don't know if they ever go into like what why Wanchi Tong was willing to work with Freaking Unalak Oh, no, and they Batu. actually do explain that. When? Um, Ranchi Ta actually tells Janora why. No, they say, he's evil, why would you do that? And he says, you shouldn't believe everything you hear, and then, like, then he attacks and that's it. Yeah, oh, <laughs> the, yeah, you're talking about that. Gotcha. Ranchi Tong is a weird spirit, and at this point, I feel like because he spent time in the human realm and has seen almost the worst of humanity, he's the kind of guy who's like, oh, humans are all the worst because I've only seen the worst. So, I mean... I'm not going to say the Avatar is political, but... I was going to say, like, in terms of um, what Wan Jidong thought, he, yeah, Aang and them were, like, cool with him when they went into the lab, and he just said, oh, yes, they wanted to do war, and then he kicked them all out. But he, he was cool with the librarian for however long he was alive. Yeah. <laughs> was he, though? We don't know, yeah. Oh, you think I mean, he killed all, him? <laughs> there are a lot of books next to that guy. I just, I don't know. I feel like that... He was like a mummy what? more than he was I, like... I was going to say, what guy? There was a corpse. Yeah, I was, he looked more like a mummy than like he was like, you know, ripped up or anything like that. He so, talked about him negatively. He did well, not He did not have any kind of 
fondness in his voice. The last person to say that is still here, dead guy. Not like I said that, so he, he got his wish. I could stay here and, forever. And then like and was like, come and go to the sink and get out of here. He's like, I could stay here forever. And he did, and I'm just like, oh well. well <laughs> he already wanted. Fine forever. <laughs> anyway. Mean, really, if he had, you know, wanted to really stay there forever and was actually beneficial to it, he would have been able to be like Iroh, where his spirit yeah, was you're left right. alive. That is peculiar. He shouldn't have. Well, he was, he was, but we don't know the deal with Iroh, though, specifically. He was, he was, acad- he was academic. The scholar was academic. He wasn't spiritual. Iroh was super spiritual. But he also entered. Like, it's, not, it's still nebulous how that even works because he entered not through a spirit portal, but just being in the library, which went back to the spirit world. Via just sinking in that weird sand. Uh, who knows? Spirit magic. <laughs> so, <laughs> spirit later, magic. later in this episode, we see an example of humans in the spirit world as well. Like, legit humans. Oh, yeah. And there is a bit of nebulous, you know, do they age? Do yeah, they you're not right. age? Thing. You know, are they immortal? I guess, you, yeah, I guess you're right, Eddie. You probably, Wang Chutang probably did kill the librarian. <laughs> Wang Chutang killed him. <laughs> uh, anyway, well, Ira wants them to uh, leave because uh, with Fatu and the darkness spreading, it's not safe, and they will end up in the land of the lost souls or whatever, and they're like, oh, what does that mean? Uh, outside, Korra keeps, like, fire-breathing to get out of the ropes and the vines, which is really cool-looking. She uh, eventually escapes and, like, goes to the Avatar State again and once again is, like, ready to defeat him. Uh, ready to defeat Vatu. Yeah, she's she, really whooping yeah, like, his butt. She's, she's, yeah, she's actually getting ready to reseal him at yeah. this point. And then, of course, we cut back outside where Mako and, uh, and Bolin are actually doing really well until yep. we see someone pop from behind their rock wall and says... Hello, my turtle dove. Yeah, my fetal, my feeble turtle duck. <laughs> and it's Eska and Desna, and they completely just annihilate them instantly. Of course. That's actually surprised me multiple times because I don't know why, but I always feel like they're in the North Pole when they when when uh, Unalak is thrown out. I always feel like that's the North Pole. But no, I think clearly, it, it had to be the South. Yeah, it had to be Desna back the South. Desna were there. I couldn't like, go where she tossed them to, but yeah, yeah. it has to be the South because yeah, they were right there. The, the, the change right there of running. that area just was so vast. Yeah. it was all legit. I'm, ice. Pretty, I'm pretty sure we could have like, well, there was like dark. It was a, a yin yang, so you could probably see which side was light and which side was. Dark. I'm pretty sure light, the white one was um, Southern tribe. I mean, I mean, it had to have been South. There's yeah. no way we would have seen because Korra would have run into Desna and Eska running through the battlefield. Yeah, but um, this is when we cut back to uh, Aang's kids, and they say, like, oh, Tenzin knows what he says. Land. When Iroh says Land of the Lost, uh, Tenzin knows exactly what he means. They go back yeah. to the Scorpion, who, like, hey, we're bugging you again, and then it, she had, it, it immediately pops out, webs them up, and drags them off. So this giant <laughs> chasm. Yeah, this this chasm of nothing but fog. Yep. And we and find out it is the, the fog, fog of, of lost souls. souls, where they will never escape. And then, of course, it cuts back to... Korra, who's getting really, really close, but then Unalak stops her with some water bending, and then they start bending each other. Yep. Um, And then, of course, as that's happening, Bolin and Mako wake up, and I like this scene because as they kind of wake up from being knocked out, like, Bolin looks at Mako, and Mako just looks, and he just gives a nod. And then, of course, they just get free from Desna and Eska and go back into the portal. And then, of course, as yeah. all of this is happening, Korra is trying yeah. to... Uh, She's still Vatu's losing, but then Vatu does enter Unalak, and yep. he warps the portals, and, like, it's just crazy. Uh, he, 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 uh, they absorb each other, and then Unalak touches the uh, portals and gets a ton of energy. Yeah, gets a ton of crazy energy from it. And now, he gets to say the one thing I know Ed's gonna hate. 
We are now the Dark Avatar. Yeah. Unalak says that he will bring a new world of spirits and humans and he will rule as the new Avatar. Korra and him clash once again like Saiyans in the sky. It was a very Pretty good much. Dragon Ball Z fight. Wait, so, so in episode 12 where, where Unalak jet, like, starts uh, being like, uh, uh, oh, oh, we gotta do new world or we gotta take over the world. He was very like vague and vaguely menacing. I guess I don't clear. Yeah, he was, he was vague about it, and you didn't really. But he didn't catch conquer on himself. But so. but episode twelve is when he's more like, "Hey, this is what what I'm doing," kind of thing. So yeah. episode twelve is when we start catching on that. Hey, you know, this guy is going to do some weird cosmic woody do and yeah, stuff. for some kind of weird new world order plan. Who Cause knows? I, 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 I just thought it was kind of a, it was a weird and like just seemingly coming out of nowhere. When it, when it was like, oh, we gotta open both portals. Like, use the avatar, have to open the portals. And she's like, okay, yeah, great. We gotta uh, like, unify humans and spirits. Cool, the portals are open. Like, hooray, mission accomplished. Uh, like, and then, of course, like as we mentioned, Desna Escar are just like, oh, what, well, what, what are you doing? Well, we're done. We, 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 accomplished our te- we accomplished our objective. We can go home now. Like, no, we have to. Like, I have to for you with Vaught too. We're like, we're, I'm just like, what the hell's happening? Where did this come from? Why yeah, are you doing this? Also, like, they never really explicitly say it, but it's like, I guess it has to be implied that the dark spirits that were attacking the southern tribe before the season started and into the beginning of the season was also his doing somehow. It had over Could because, have been. Yeah. Because in, um... In the Night of Thousand Stars, he's literally dark spirit bending. I mean, he's literally riding on top of dark spirits. Yeah. To, to fight and to take out people. Like, there's no way that it is, oh, yeah, we're cool with this random human being on our side. Yeah, yeah, 100% had to be behind everything from the beginning. It's very weird, and his plan's very bizarre. But we'll get to the. Yeah, we'll get to the. Why the do you want to drop the dark? I, okay, I get when he, they fuse, but <laughs> why did. When he was unfused, he called himself the Dark Avatar. Well, don't worry, we'll we'll you'll have another why name. Why did he just call himself <laughs> the New Avatar? We'll have a, they're, they're, or they'll call himself, name. I will be the True <laughs> Avatar. Why did he have to be the Dark Avatar? What did. Unalak call himself this. Well, they have another name in a minute. Why? <laughs> but oh, like, totally. They have a yeah. They'll have a new one in a hot minute. A but it makes sense. It makes sense when Vatu and Unalak are fused. But it does not make sense when it's just Unalak talking about the plan. I'm sorry. This bothers the heck out of me. You know, I guess he's already dark and evil before, and he was always an evil person. But yeah, the name is but, very the Dark Avatar. But he, they never call themselves that. That's just what he is, I guess. But he should have called himself that at any point. Someone else should have called him that. But <laughs> it would have made more sense. Yeah. But anyway. now we go back to the fog of lost souls. Yeah, the kids wander the fog. I keep calling them Angus kids, even though they're very elderly. Fun. They're like in their 40s, I'm pretty <laughs> well, sure. I mean, they're technically Angus <laughs> They're like in their 50s, I think. <laughs> but Boomy makes a very good point about this fog. It's why? Why is this a prison with no bars? Yeah, Tenzin said he's read about it, and he says, "Yeah, it's a prison." And then he's like, "Why? How is that? Like, well, how is it a prison without bars?" And then we see all crazy. Well, uh, first he explains commander. that the fog is actually a spirit that yeah. pretty much feeds on. Yeah, infects your mind with mm-hmm. your worst, darkest, uh, darkest like secret or whatever that you have yeah. to live over and over again. Kai's like, "How long can we live here?" Enter. I am Zhao, the Conqueror, <laughs> the Moonslayer. I will capture the Avatar. Yep, we get yeah. a cameo period from General Zhao. Admiral Zhao? Admiral. Admiral, yeah. Admiral, Admiral Zhao, Zhao. thank Zhao. you. And which it's still Jason Isaacs, which is great they brought him back. This is also <laughs> Lucius a fantastic from, uh, way to tie up that point because it was always really nebulous whether how he died or not. What happened? The, uh, when the, um, uh, the Tide Spirit Tweet was going back. Yeah, was going back. 
uh, shows up because Zuko has, has got him cornered and everything, and the, the spirit grabs him and pulls him under the water. Yeah. And you're thinking, oh, he just drowned? Okay. Because Zuko tried to save him, and he couldn't. Yeah. And you're thinking he just died right then and there. But this was a really nice way of like the spirit like, no, I ain't going to kill you. I'm going to throw you in spirit prison. Yeah, it's for, a the very rest cool of you, for the rest of your eternity. And it's a very funny thing where he thinks that Tenzin is Aang, and I'm just like, yeah, oh, that's great. He's like, all right, you're the Avatar, and he's like, get off me. <laughs> he's like, yeah, and so of course, Kai and Boomy like push him aside and like get him away. Yeah, they just bend him away, and he's just like wandering the fog. I'll get yep. you, Avatar. You're older, but I still recognize. That's great. I'll take I still recognize that's funny. you. I mean, <laughs> of course, I'm sure he saw bits of Aang and Tenzin. Well, yeah, he's, 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 he's there. Bits of Aang. That's probably the first ever he's ever seen in his life. Well, no one caught that, right? I have, I'm, I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad I didn't. I'm either. sure you you're right, right, Chris. A, 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 a bit of, of Aang caused Tenzin. Oh god. That, 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 <laughs> and honestly, ten- no, I, I, I get about well, whatever. Let's, let's just move on. <laughs> let's oh, this R rated or PG thirteen rated? We've already. I, I'm anyway. pretty sure it's the upward to the end of the last episode. Well, then again, he yeah, he, 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 he did already drop an F bomb. So, um, but anyway, Tenzin's like okay, yeah, so so Tenzin's like okay, so we don't get into any more crazy shenanigans. Literally ties his brother and sister to him. And he's like, yep. we're sticking together. We're not gonna let the madness come over. Yeah, back outside, Korra and Unalak fight, and Korra is now losing until Rava talks to her and like to tell her like, oh come on, you can do this. And, like uh, gives her a little buff. And she still continues the fight. They're, they're pretty much at a stalemate at this point. Right. Uh, back with Aang's kids wandering. Boomy starts to start screaming and yelling about cannibals out of nowhere. <laughs> and of course, Kaya's like, who are you people? You can't tie me down. Yeah. Unties herself. And Which is actually another, another really nice moment. This fuck is a good insight into, yeah. It's a good because, insight into her character. Exactly, because they mentioned early on in the season she that she was... Traveling around trying to find herself. Exactly. She's yeah. trying to figure out who she was and all that. And I believe the comics expand on that a little bit. Yeah, they do, yeah, a little bit. I don't know, because I haven't read the Korra ones Also, yet. that's way after the series, so you shouldn't check them out yet. I'm <laughs> yeah, not, don't wait, though. Trust, oh, trust <laughs> me, I'm not going to until I'm done with the series. But it was a nice moment that you can't tie me down. It was her fear of being put into a situation where she wasn't didn't feel free. Yeah. Which exactly. is ironically nice, because, again, she may be a waterbender, a southern waterbender, but you hear that little mm-hmm. airbender in her. You can't tie me down. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. a very free spirit. That's a little, yeah, she's a really interesting character. Uh, they all untie probably themselves. makes sense from being being raised by an airbender. Uh, yeah, by Yang, yeah. who barely took um, care of his other kids besides Tenzin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially poor Boomy. And of course, yeah. after this separation happens, I'm sorry. They I'm gonna take themselves o- and run off. I'm gonna take over this next one because mm-hmm. we get Mako and Bolin frozen, and we get Desna and Eska. And of course, Mako is like, "Hey, you need to free us. Your dad's do- your dad's doing all this evil stuff." And of course, they're like, "No, our father is the wise man, yeah. but he doesn't care about you." This is when De- Desna's yeah, like, like, he, he tr- did want to not heal me. Not heal him, he just wanted to, like, to he, leave him he, while he was he dying. Did, he didn't want to just like leave me to die. <laughs> Maybe we should rethink this. Mako's like, yes. Eska's like, no, he's poisoning your mind. And then, and then, Bolin yep. starts bawling. Yeah, that's great. And of course, he starts crying and like, I'm sorry, Eska. I've always loved you. And of course, Eska's like, explain more 
like, mm. I, yeah, I do, you're the only one I love and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, Eska's like, you left me on our on our wedding day. He's like, I was afraid of my true feelings, yep. but now the world's going to be destroyed and ah Yeah, it's and, very Don Bullen's part. Oh, oh, sorry, uh, sorry. He, <laughs> he apologizes and he also says that since the world's going to be covered in darkness, he can't rekindle, they can't rekindle this, the smoldering embers <laughs> into the giant ball of love flame. <laughs> in which case, Eska actually, you know, kind of breaks down and they actually have a sweet kiss moment. A big sloppy kiss. And, I, oh, yeah. <laughs> anyone else? Anyone else? Oh. Fletcher themselves to that moment? <laughs> I did. Oh. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, we, of course we all did, Ed, but you have to point it out. <laughs> I think I do, because I think we all agree. I'm, I'm pretty sure I have it. What's wrong with you guys? <laughs> Pleasuring myself at that moment? There was a snowball hey, in my hey, place. Hey, oh, Ed, 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 Ed. Why are you pleasuring yourself to teen drama? No, they're in their 20s at this point, am I? <laughs> I mean, even as long as they're 18. <laughs> now, now I have to edit this shit out, dude. Thanks. <laughs> anyway. Sorry, listeners. I'll, I'll edit that out. I, I probably won't, but let's keep going. <laughs> anyway. After the big um, sloppy kiss, uh, Eska does free Tenzin. Uh, Tenzin. Yeah, um, she, yeah, she frees Tenzin from the spirit world somehow. No, uh, Mago and Bolin. <laughs> yeah, and of course, and of course, she's like, "You're not going to defeat him." But should we have to live eternal darkness with each other? We can do it together forever. Yeah, and, and then they all, and then they both run in. Um, uh, Mako's just like, world. "Oh man, that was a really good plan." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, I was pretending." I was yeah, like, yeah Bolin. that was that day. Bolin, yeah. he totally made me second guess why, like. At first, I was like, dude, es- uh, Eska and Bolin, uh-uh, not going to work. That's the I don't what you're talking about. Now, <laughs> now, because of this moment, now I'm second-guessing whether or not I should ship them. Of course. Yeah, Eska's great. Avi Plaza's the best. Avi Plaza's the best. She is. I She's, love her. Yeah. Mm. Um, but then, of course, we go... Uh, as listening, the- Audrey, call me. Don't. It's <laughs> married. Said, said, <laughs> said, said, said the married man. Married. I just have to call me. I just <laughs> What are you trying to plot? Anyway, the boys run in and try to save Korra from Unalak, which they see she's obviously losing to now. Yeah, definitely losing to. And then something strange happens. This is the most... This is the, one of the... This is where we start getting the deus ex machinas. Well, I was going to say, first, are they like... Uh, is it um, uh, Rava t- ties their hands together, or does Unalak tie their hands together? Unalak does. Oh, no, no, well, no, 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 Unalak, Unalak grabs uh, her arm, but then... Uh, Korra is able to freeze his, and, and it kind of becomes a stalemate of arm grabbing. Like, yeah, they're, just they're each water bending, each the, the the water connecting the two, and they break it down and everything. So it's it's a it's a stalemate. It is he's just as powerful as hers at this point, and there is no true winner. It's it's but, yeah. literally ironically looking back to at the very beginning. Vatu and Rava holding yeah, each other. Yeah, being tied together. They are entwined at yep. this point. And this is when he goes full Los Plagas and just a weird snake form of Vatu crawls out of his mouth and then goes into Korra and pulls out Rava. Or begins to, like, yeah, pulling out yep, Rava. Pull, pulls out, literally just pulls Rava out. Literally pulls out Rava. That cannot be understated. He literally pulls out the spirit that has, for, what, 10,000 years? I think 10,000, right? No, 10,000 years has been tied to a single individual life that has spanned multiple lifetimes. Just, yep. just, what? 
Yeah, it's a very weird. Who knows how these? That, that is a legitimate work. question. But uh, he does, spirit he does, magic. Yeah, spirit magic. <laughs> spirit I magic. guess uh, it pulls it out of uh, Korra and then binds it in water. Correct? Yeah, she, she like starts, yes. like, Star- yeah, start, starts to. Tenzin is wandering in the fog still with the group as by himself, and he starts to have doubts. He keeps seeing like illusions of himself and like freaking out. Yeah, he's just like I. Uh, well, I am Tenzin. I am a. I'm like a shadow of my father and blah blah blah. Yeah, he doesn't see shadows of himself. He sees shadows. Of his father. Yeah, of his father. <laughs> but then, one of the shadows of Aang is just like, you know, he's just like, hello, son. And Tenzin's like, I failed you. I can't be like you. And and this whole Aang illusion is like, you're right. You can't be You can't be me because you're not me. You're Tenzin. Yeah, you Tenzin. should be more like you. And that breaks uh, Tenzin out of his, uh, out of his, like, doubt and everything like yep. that. And... For the briefest of moments, the fog actually completely clears. Yeah, we see tons of random people lost in that fog. I'm like, oh, that's weird. How do many people get lost in the spirit world in the fog? Also, kind of kind of jerk move on Tenzin because he grabs Boomy, he grabs Kaya, he grabs Jinora, and he leaves literally everybody else. Well, so right? okay, wander the fog of like okay, eternal well, torment. How many how many people are evil people like Zhao? Yeah, I, I, I was just about to say some no. of them <laughs> Yeah, and that and that's exactly it. He doesn't know. So why deal with that when he has to save his daughter who is about to die? He did. He saved her. Yeah. yeah. And why not why not save some other people? Well, they could be really? crazy serial murderers or something. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, the professor was brought into the spirit world. So yeah, and he got he what he deserved when he was killed by him. <laughs> he's a good guy. Uh, he won't acknowledge. How dare he? <laughs> but, but of course, as this is happening, Boomy and Kaya break out of their, uh, their like, days. Yep. As the fog comes back. Mm-hmm. And of course, they're like, what? What happened? And then, of course, Kaya's like, Our brother saved us! Yeah, we're, we're wonderful. And of Speaking of brothers, <laughs> we have to, before we come back to them, we, after he saves them, we do cut back to Mako and Bolden trying to attack Unalak. I mean, they get a good hit in I'm stopping from, from, killing Rava, from killing Rava outright. But they, oh, yeah, yeah. Unalak is trying to steal Korra into the tree as Bolin and Mako are like, Yeah, we're finally joining in. Here we go. And we fail. It wasn't really. I didn't feel like he was trying to seal Rava into the tree. No, no, no. It was Korra, not Rava. Yeah. It was Korra. He into like the took tree. Rava. I guess. And he killed, no, oh, he's about to, no, 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 no. They were in. They're, at this point, they're in the regular human world. No, 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 no. They're still fighting. They're still in the spirit world for a while. World. Yeah. No, they're not. They're in the regular human world because they don't go back to the spirit world until after this episode. Because Korra almost gets crushed earlier on they're, between regular glaciers. They go through the portal, they're fighting the regular world. Yeah, they've never and where been, Rava Kor- gets ripped out is in the human world. No, I don't think that Kora, was in the human world. No, Korra was, Kora, 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 Kora was, still Kora there, was it was ice on the ground. The uh, spirit portal looks like it's made of ice. It's all jaggedy white no, stone. No, the spirit, the spirit world is legitimately a... Like, it is round and it is earthy and it is rocky. They are in the human world. They go through the portal. They have the fight. She almost gets crushed behind the boulder because how else would the waterbending Unalak have crushed her into the ground? Oh, wait, wait. If we keep going through notes, we're going to find out in a second that they are definitely in the spirit world still because no, after... Well, we'll say... After, after uh, she pulls out Rava, the uh, Bolin and Mako try to stop. He just knocks them away. And then he begins to like just start pounding the little baby <laughs> thing, like beating the crap out of it. As it's punching it, Korra in her mind. I think it was when Korra is sealed in the yeah. in the stone, and we keep seeing like the avatar is disappearing until finally it's down to Wong and Unalak destroys destroys like with a huge purple beam, but just like destroys 
the spirit and disappears all of the avatars down to that. Yeah, can we, can we yeah. just, can we this just is when, um, think about that? Like, like, he literally punched the spirit of Rava out of existence. Yeah, and all the yeah. avatars, too. He killed <laughs> every past life. Yeah, and it all starts glowing with evil purple energy. With punching! Yeah, it's really bizarre. Yeah. Rava, what or, Rava or, or, is, I guess, like, like water-bending vines? Oh, oh, I don't know. Wait, wait, no, no, no. You know what it was? It wasn't it was punching. It was cosmic punching. It was cosmic punching. It was regular punching. It was Matsu doing, or Unalak doing it. It was Unalak. I mean, it was Uvalak or whatever his name is. Unavasu. Unavasu. Because you notice that the bending does affect them. You see when they're fighting that the bending does basically take block parts out of Vatsu earlier on. So that's what this is. They are in the human world, though, because after that... Unalak is like, ah, I'm gonna suddenly grow into a giant monster. I was gonna say, before he goes into a giant monster, hey. yeah, he grabs, he gra- reaches up and the breaks the. The world Royale is in the regular human no. world. No, no, he, no breaks he, the, he breaks the two spirit portals apart. He's inside. No, no. Yeah. they're not together. Ed. They don't pop Ed. up until the end of the harmonic. Do we need to just like bring up source material just to confirm well, this? Well, we will Ed. between episodes. Ed. Yes, Ed. we will. I'm telling you, I will die on this sword. Unalak turns into a big evil red titan monster and breaks the portal beams open. That's, he, no, that's inside no. the spirit. Actually, actually, <laughs> no, because here's the thing: he's it, he is in the spirit portal. No, because when harmonic convergence started, the two portals connected. Yes. While they're in the spirit portal, yeah. In the spirit world, they are connected. Unalak turns into the giant monster and touches the ark. Yes, he does. Yeah, he does. And as does. he touches the ark, he then teleports out. Of the spirit world, and they are all still in the spirit world when Korra goes out cold. <laughs> no, I literally just watched this last night at like one o'clock in the morning. Same here, and I had a baby on my chest. <laughs> that means don't worry, folks. Nothing. Between episodes, we'll definitely check we'll this definitely and you'll find out the answer. Because they go out of the portal, they have the fight, the water bending with the snow out there. He almost, at one point, he almost crushes Korra. That's when Rava is like, uh, oh, no, Korra, you know, our story will not end here. She was Avatar State, burst her way out. They have the fight. Rava gets, <laughs> down, gets killed. He's like, I've done it. I am the now true Avatar. He touches the Aurora Borealis that is touching the human world. They even show um, Tenzin's children and wife watching it. He touches that. And well, the Ouroboros Alice that happens isn't until at the next episode. Because <laughs> Unabatu pops up big and purple and red. That's what he and then the episode, travels. And then the episode credits. That's what it but, gets. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, by the way, after Korra gets out, world, that's, that's where the episode, episode ends. Because, like, because <laughs> listens, uh, listeners, we will take a break right now Whoa, to check this. Wait, wait, no. Before, I'll tell you why I'm right. Because Bolin and Mako are so. in the spirit world yeah. when Desna and Ak... I can't say that in front now. When, those two, when they're frozen, they are in the spirit world. They go out through the portal, and that's when they see I don't think it's Korra and Unalak. That's when they see them, is in the human world. We'll find out now, as soon as we take this break. Alright, we, we're just getting back from watching the scene, and um, the, do you have anything? Uh, well... Uh, I'm eating some crow pie. So <laughs> hey, 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 I'm eating crow too, dude. What what happened? So during the fight, right after they uh, Vatu fuses with Unalak, they cut to a little bit of Tenzin and and Kaya, Bumi, and the whatever. I'm like, and then like they cut far. back <laughs> and they go through. They they get shown coming out through the portal into the human realm, and they are clearly fighting in the South Pole at this point. 
Yeah, there, there was a, there apparently there was like a there was a moment where after one tra- scene transition to another, it was like a brief moment where they actually yeah. where both of them were actually leaving the portal. Yeah, well, they did the Dragon Ball Z clash. It like they, and then it cut to them coming out of the portal suddenly. And we, it's so clear though. It's because not clear. Bongo and Bolin <laughs> Bongo. go through the portal, and that's when they see the fight. They see what's been happening. I was really thinking it. So that's how you know. Because they would, if they were, they were in the spirit world because they broke free from the twins to get back into the spirit world, and that's when they tried to help Korra, but they were too late. The fight gets taken; they get trapped in the spirit world by the twins when they get back in. But Korra and Unalak head back into the human world, so that's why they don't see the fight. They don't see what happens until Korra tells them in the next episode what happens. A ba ba boom, yeah. a ba ba boom, <laughs> a ba ba boom. Yep, and I would like to inform all of our uh, listeners that during that break, Ed did get up and dance for a very long time. He oh, also Ed. shouted and clapped his hands. Yeah, I was just saying, it was, it was so loud that we didn't actually record it because he would have blown out the mic pretty much. <laughs> this episode pretty blown out so far. Oh yeah, Ed, you are absolutely right. We yeah. totally, we both missed that, absolutely. Yeah. You so are okay. correct. Yeah, yeah, everyone, 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 everyone. Uh, not too loud. <laughs> Listen, there are very few things that I can say that are nice But one of the most, the topics that I feel that I do know the most about is Korra. At least and, among the, the four of us, yeah. And it has been proven time and time again that I do know quite a bit about Korra. You know, yep. I'm, I might be wrong here and there, but <laughs> y'all should listen to me first from now on. <laughs> Gloating over. Hopefully we'll have another one of these incidents <laughs> in the next Actually, episode. <laughs> I, I hope we do too, because now we're on the season finale yep. of Legend of Korra no other, season no two. No other pre-episode answer there? We're just gonna I'm about to say, that should probably count. We've also uh, dude, we, dude, we had all that time right there. <laughs> I mean, um, half of it wasn't recorded because it would be too loud. It was literally re- me <laughs> screaming, clapping, <laughs> gloating. And then, which would go through on the podcast, dancing. <laughs> so suggestively. So suggestively. Yep, we'll also yeah. probably going to get into a lot after this finale, because we can talk about the season as a whole after this. So we're going to have a long post-episode for this oh, one. Oh, yeah, yeah, I have to brace myself, don't I? <laughs> but, um, yeah. Anyway, next anyway. Episode, speaking of bracing ourselves, the season finale is here. Light in, in the, the dark. Darkness. We darkness or dark? Just dark. I had dark. Light in the dark. <laughs> Either way, dark, dark. This tomato. It is light in the dark. Okay. I'm about to say, we have to pause the episode this time. <laughs> um, but however, we start off actually in Republic City, in, in where the Northern Lights, as our friend Ed has stated, are there. Are there. And I say the Northern Lights, Aurora Borealis, actually. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And President Raiko is, you know, being like General Iroh. This is where we prepared. see Tenzin's family watching, seeing the... Yep, this is, yeah, this is where we also see Pema and the others They see watch at one point, but the lights took over Republic City. While the, while the darkness was taken over. Yeah. Well, no, it's when the harmonic convergence kind of happened. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. All this when, when the world, once. when it shows yeah. the picture of the world, like, getting covered in the dark energy... Um, that's, I don't think that's dark energy. It's, pur- it's purple. And it's purple. Is purple so it's nebulous not... spirit magic. Of okay, it. there we go. <laughs> it, it, when it was being covered, we'll just say. But anyway. Yes. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, you know, um, you know, it's like, General Iroh, are your, are your troops in position? And Iroh's like, yeah, but what are we fighting? Q... And, and any giant introduction, meat, a Gundam. Uh, <laughs> a you know, giant see, I, I say it was kaiju. 
Yeah, I because, for the first time I see he's like a Gundam missile. I say just tight, like, right? Okay, there <laughs> I got a little Titan vibe from this, to be honest. Not because um, I've been watching it. Oh, yeah, I wrote, Titan. I wrote Kaiju. Chris, why did you own seasons two and three to give me? <laughs> We're gonna know Attack on Titan. No, well, not on this action tune, bros. Not anime, bros. <laughs> yeah, hey, anyway, anyway, though, um, yeah, yeah, and, and, and Kaiju, weird Kaiju giant just, monster. Yeah, just goes down, crashes, and literally. Um, like stands up and he's like Rah! and of course the every military yeah. everything in the military throws everything that they have doesn't work and of course big old kaiju uh what it was named Unavatu Unavatu yeah. just water bends them away just, yeah just water bends them away like it's nothing it's crazy which we go, again this is a the, the United Forces have been shown throughout the series at this point to be pointless utterly incompetent utterly incompetent <laughs> and B what other bothered me too was a president had the chance to mount an assault, but he's like, I'm going to protect my citizens. Opening up an offensive force to try and stop the apocalypse from happening is much better than letting the apocalypse happen and yeah. then trying to protect your city instead of the entire world at that point. And yeah, see, and and so dumb. The Night of a Thousand Stars episode when he was like, so dumb. When he was like, I believe you, Cora, there is a weird, crazy monster trying to take over the planet. I'm going to protect just my... And like, they're like, yeah, okay, you agree? Great. Give us your whole fleet. We're going to go attack him. Like, no, no, no. I'm going to have him just in my and city see, and let everything horrible go wrong in the South. But then why are the United Forces only protect the United... Because they're they a world government? I, I thought they were supposed to be world, like a, a planetary uh, military force, but they had, like seem to be mainly focused out of Republic City because that's like the main nexus for But then why would they be away from affairs? Republic City and need to be called into Republic City in the first season? I wrote Fleet specifically, I assume, is the problem. No, actually. I mean, it's, the, problem problem. Is not, the problem is not the fleet itself. It's not Iroh, because in one of the previous episodes, Iroh was willing to go with Korra's plan to go behind the president's back. It's the president that's the problem, because the president knows there's issues. He knows everything is going down. He knows there's evil amidst. And yet he is selfish and only wants to think of him, his public appearance... And the fact we'll that... We'll find out more about that next season. <laughs> but, but, can, can we all just agree that uh, the five-person council was so much better than the presidency Actually, here? yes. Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly no, I don't know. That. But there's no politics in, in media, though. <laughs> I don't know about that, because uh, they were equally incompetent, and all those old people were kidnapped oh, in because, a day. <laughs> well, well, at that point, that was... Uh, what was his name? Well, Beric, uh, not Eric. Um, not Tom Rock. Tar- Tarlock. Tarlock, thank you. I mean, at that point, Tarlock was, uh, I mean, wasn't it established? Yeah, Tarlock was completely really corrupt and controlling them. them. Yeah, he was pretty much he a president. Control- okay, okay was- so just fire him and after... Well, there was, after everyone, after everyone, uh, you know, disbanded after the whole, like, equalist thing, and, you know, um, he's dead now with his brother, just hire a new one. Also, like, yeah, he was manipulative and controlling, but he still had to be charismatic. He had to make up those strong points. He had to bring facts. He couldn't just do whatever he wanted. Be It was a council. And he clearly had a, a rival in Tenzin. You know? Yeah. Tarlock got lucky it was able was able to use his what you know his, his powers and, and the manipulation, but again, it felt like a better system. Like, yeah, okay, they got captured, but you still had to pull off what you pull try to pull off at that point. Yeah. You know, you couldn't just send everybody to one person, take them out with I don't know some random mercenaries hired to be, to pose as Northern Water Tribe members. I don't know, <laughs> random example. Very cool thing. We gotta get back to what the heck's happening. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, what's happening in this episode? Uh, well, what? after after the uh, huge uh, kaiju Gundam Titan attack of Unavatu in Republic Republic City, we cut back to Korra with uh, Mako and Bolin, realizing that she can't even go into the Avatar to Avatar stand anymore. Yeah, um, ten, <laughs> Avatar, ten, 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 
Yeah. Which, by the way, you know what we did not mention in the last episode? Janora hmm? uh, actually learns, like, oh, there's something wrong yeah, going on. Yeah, it's my time. I must go. It, it is, yeah, I have to Jedi. go. The planet needs me. <laughs> yeah, my, my home planet needs me. This, this part always did off. bother me, because... Where did her Deus Ex Machina come from? Her weird spirit powers? <laughs> yeah. Our ability to understand it? Dude, like I was like, we'll get into this season. Yeah, we'll get into this, this episode. But this this is the this episode's called what? Light in the Dark? It should be called The Deus Ex Machina. <laughs> the Deus in the Machina. The Deus in the Machina. Okay. The Deus in the Machina. The Deus in the Machina. But then, yeah. of course, you know, when Tenzin and everyone else find Korra and them, you know, they wake up and all of a sudden it's like, hey, what's going on? What's wrong? Yeah, um, and they asked her since she wasn't ready to return, the world is in danger. Uh, yeah, and, and yeah. Well, no, I'm talking about back with the actual group. Yeah, I'm looking, um, yeah. actually, we should have realized they that say, it was correct because huh. when they find when uh, Tenzin and them find Korra and Co, um, Kaya says she needs spirit water. So they go back into the spirit world and they yeah, that's that's another. Oh, 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 oh. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, that was the gloating. Um, oh, 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 that's oh. when. That's when Cora uh, and them wake up, and of course Tenzin's like, "Hey, what happened? Did you succeed?" And Cora has a breakdown, telling him, "No, she failed," and also that Rava is gone. Yeah, and Bolin with the great, "I can't. I'm too young to live in ten thousand years of darkness." <laughs> and of course, and as as Cora's having her breakdown, Kaya's like, "Tenzin, she needs you now." And then we get back to Shadow Godzilla. But where... to say, Cora, yeah, she tells him that she lost her connection. And she is now the last Avatar. Yep, she is the Die. final. That's a cool title. Final. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. And, um, yeah. And of course, we go back to Shadow Shadow Godzilla wreaking havoc over Tokyo. Yeah, pl- planes are attacking Unavatu, and <laughs> but he Godzilla those shits I said in my notes. He's, he's got a giant <laughs> tower. He's knocking out the planes. He's got a, a pretty woman in his hand, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's King Kong. That's King Kong. Yeah, oh, same. I'm sorry. Uh, the, the same thing. So. <laughs> Godzilla's um, too busy doing uh, Shin Godzilla level purple beam attacks. Yeah, which is one of his abilities that it says that the Avatar does not have. He has another one too. But he, like that's the right. big purple beams that he keeps shooting are. An ability that the Avatar does not have. It's sort of well, yeah, that, that's to be fair, it is sort of his. I don't think later so. Later in this episode, oh, well. there's a similar situation. But oh yeah, she has a big blue beam later. But the, as, <laughs> as, as all of this is asking, I know what you're asking yourselves, viewers. What about Varric? Well, well. Was viewers, before, wait, wait, before that, we uh, see Lin's blimp and plane are attacked. And everyone gets off, including President Raiko. Which is a point in the And scene. this is when Unavatu does his second ability that the Avatar does not have and creates vines that rep up the city. Uh, as yep. the announcer is giving a play-by-play very hilariously, and, <laughs> which oh, leads into the... <laughs> and by the way, little thing that I... That, um, when it goes into Varric's den, or cell... There's a small little bit of information that oh. I pointed out with him. I got pointed out too, I think, too. Oh, I, oh yeah. Oh, we find out that Shiro's name is Shiro Shinobi. That's Shiro's right. name is? His name is <laughs> the announcer's Shiro's, name, yeah. The, the announcer's name is Shiro, Shiro Ninja. Shino, Shiro Shinobi. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, Evan... I don't know about ninjas, though, because, you know, the real ninjas are in Wano. One yeah. piece. One piece. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and then, of course, as Varric's doing calisthenics in his cell, and uh, Shiro Shinobi signs out, and apparently it was in real time, because as he signs <laughs> off, the radio screams as vines break Varric's <laughs> That was just one of those small details that you notice. Very funny. And it's like, <laughs> which, there's no reason to do that. I'm glad they did. Which means Wanshi yeah, Tao was not misinformed. There is a tiny man in the box. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, snap. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, Varric looks out, sees everything is uh, free, and I didn't write it down, but he tells Julie to do Operation What? 
Oh, I think it was like Operation Wingfall or something like that. I don't remember. Wing, right. Wing to Freedom. Yeah, there it was. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Um, he, he just is like, Julie, uh, commence Operation Wing to Freedom. <laughs> um, Julie gets like a backpack on and runs literally like legs and arms wrapped around attaches. <laughs> and then and, there, a, and a belt. Yeah, yeah, and a belt. Yeah, yeah. And a belt. Yes, you're right. And, um, and of course, Mary jumps out and all he says is, Julie... Do the thing, and she does the thing. In this case, it's wings pop out of her backpack and they fly away. <laughs> yeah, it's so silly. a fantastic character, even if she hasn't gotten very many lines yet. Yeah, well, yeah, she yeah. does great stuff. Uh, she's mm, great. I mean, uh, who knows what's going to happen with her? Yeah, point, the character. Right? They escaped from jail. Who knows what's going to happen with her? It's a nice final moment from Varric because he is. He is one of the best characters in this franchise. Oh yeah, when we start putting not just Cor- yeah. not just Korra, but Avatar, because he is someone who clearly has a nation. He is a Southern Water Tribe member. No bending, though. No bending. Mm-hmm. But he is resourceful. He is charismatic. You know, this is like anyone else we know from the Southern Water Tribe with no bending. Yeah. Oh, you're the right. Same with me. I would have loved that random kit. Oh, I know. <laughs> Um, no, I would love to find out something yeah. like like with him have some relation to Sokka because of all the invention and stuff. That would be just, cool to find out. I mean, just uh, him as a character is fantastic. He's really, really he really is. He's a very great busy. character who had a you know. It's nice to see him leave on a positive note, not just in jail. Oh, I did this thing. You know, he he even his nefarious actions had a good motive behind them, mm-hmm. as even he would point out. Well, yeah, I was gonna say with with Varric, he's more chaotic neutral because yes. He can do very bad things, but they're really just for personal gain. And, of course, like he pointed out in that yeah, one episode, a good he did, there's a lot of good. You know, look at Bolin now. Look at everything else that happened. <laughs> everyone who's not Mako. <laughs> everyone, yeah. everyone who's not Mako, <laughs> pretty much. Was, that was one of the best. That I was a really funny I missed season. that episode. We'll put that on the end of the episode. That was that's out. But now we're going to now to get back on topic. Yep, Tenzin is comforting Korra. Yep, comforting Korra, you know, letting her know that... He, she needs to connect with the spirit. And, of course, Korra's like, I have no spirits. Rava's gone, and I have no past lives. And Tenzin goes, no, 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 no. You're not realizing. You have to connect with your spirit. Yeah, because they're a normal, no, like, normal person's spirit. Yes. And, of course, spirit. he's like, yeah, because, you know, um, here, let me show you something, Korra. And then they go to that one tree in the middle. That weird tree in the middle of the spirit. Which apparently is more important than we thought, other than being Vatu's uh, prison. Because it's known as the Tree Tree of of Time. time. It's a tree that apparently not only binds the spirit and physical world together, but apparently the ancients would meditate under this and try to connect with literally the cosmic energy like with the cosmos itself yeah and of course Korra's like you know Korra still is in disbelief but Tenzin lets her know look Rava didn't define you as an avatar it was you that defined you Korra yeah and as she's entering the tree she sees a bunch of memories from like the whole her life so far and all these crazy things from mm-hmm. last season and, and, stuff. Yeah, and, and yeah and also you know even like memories of Juan yeah you know, how that Juan had I would have you know, something I noticed while watching those, I was trying to find, is there any examples, because it's called the Tree of Time, mm-hmm. you know, which makes it seem like it's not just the past, but also the future. And I would have, and again, you know, it's maybe, maybe it was, they didn't have things written or animated yet, but I would have loved just like, and, and if anyone is able to find something, please let, let us know. You know, tweet me at, at it, Bob and Shanks. Hey, plugs are for later. <laughs> but early plug again, because that's my thing now. Um, but no, it's. I'm wondering if there was any moment where like you saw ahead to the future. Because 
for someone who went to the Tree of Time and meditated, I would have loved to have seen some kind of, like, forward-looking, you know, lo- just a forward-looking moment, you know, yeah, been cool. towards anything was was going to happen, even if it's just a, a slight snippet of a future event. Even if it was from the first episode of Season 3. I want to say when Tenzin was describing the Tree of Time to Korra, he specifically used the phrase, the tree remembers all, indicating that it, it, it exclusively deals with impact events. I was going to say, that, uh, that might be. this very concept was probably lifted directly from... Uh, Game of Thrones, uh, Song of Ice and Fire, which I know the three other people in this room have not watched. They're all Philistine animals. Yeah. But, <laughs> but in the uh, in that the uh, the three eyed raven has the ability to go through anywhere wood tree, see anything that's happening currently in anywhere in the realm, or anything in the past that's happened in the realm before. So like I feel like this is like pretty directly like she can see because she the, the the very next thing on our notes is she sees Unavatu attacking the city. And she also sees all the way back to when Juan first got Arava. She like, can see all the past and the present currently. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so of course, knowing all of this, Tenzin's like, hey, you should try meditating here in this tree and, you know, finding your cosmic, your spiritual energy and, you know, make this your kind of power. Yep. And, and of course, bend the energy inside yourself. Yep. And of course, you know, uh, after, you know, a nice tender moment where... A little hug, just like, oh, I'm going to go meditate. Thanks, Tenzin. You are a great teacher. I'm sorry I spit on you earlier in this season about being a bad teacher. And Tenzin's like, water under the bridge. Um, Like air under the bridge, because he's an airbender. Get it? Anyway, next in the notes. Anyway, we see... We see... see, Oh. Oh. We see... Her meditating, yeah, and of course we see kind of like in Avatar: The Last Airbender when Aang would like path, look and yeah. see like the path that leads to the giant like him. Yeah, when he was meditating with we, Guru Patik. Yeah, with Guru Patik. Yep, and um, we see that only with Korra, and of course Korra goes over to the ball of light and enters it, and now. She now has a bit of power. And a really, bit of power. She turns into a giant. Yeah, I was gonna say, real quick though, is anyone you know when Aang did it. His character, his 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 avatar, you know, spiritual person, shirtless. Korra's clearly had some kind of shirt on. I just want to say that I find that very offensive. <laughs> but no, uh, like, but no, like it, it is, it is. Yeah, if it was, if it was, we're, we're going to try and talk about things in general. I just want to mention that there was a weird moment that you clearly saw a specific outfit on her that included something. You know, was Aang shirtless when he was training? His was sh- he was shirtless at those moments during the, oh, uh, there you go. the meditations. Is <laughs> uh, whatever your spirit but, feels like connected to at that time. But she was like, wearing her snow robes at the time, fortunately for the fortunately true. for the rating of the se- of the show airing. I mean, there's a possibility, but I just I, I don't know. I always noticed like it's if, one, if the show was a modicum more mature, they could have done some worse. They kill a lot of people. So I mean, it's one thing. If you look, because uh, uh, I mentioned earlier, if you look at Attack on Titan, you know, yes, they are clearly. You know, the female Titan was a clearly female person, but there was no, you know, defining features. Sexual defining characteristics? Features. Yes. <laughs> well, the, the, yeah. well, to be fair, there's, there's no sexual characteristics no on skin. I'm about to say, if we're going to go on a tangent about uh, Attack on Titan, like, their sexual secondary characteristics are not present in any Titans, except for that one specifically, just vaguely oh, looking that's female. True. But anyway, that's besides the point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, the Korra, yeah. Literally yeah, no but, genitals. Yeah, but I was going to say, like, uh, in regards to Korra going into that weird thing that Aang had to do all that crazy, forget about Katara stuff to do. If Aang had done that, would he have turned into a giant blue monster kaiju and then stomped back to bossing say to get out of whatever he was doing at the time? <laughs> I don't know. All I know is that at this moment, the only the first thing I thought was, 
Wow, I wonder what the porn of this looks like. Oh my god. Okay, I'm, okay. I'm, whatever it's on, I have to actually start worrying about doing some actual editing for this podcast ever. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, like, but like, no, wouldn't like, it turn like into a said, giant blue yeah. thing and like stomp back to bossing say to like beat but, up a so what you're is, <laughs> at the top? Uh, but, like, but, like, but like Matt was saying, literally, Avatar Korra makes an avatar of herself. And then, she does. Hey, she does. That is exactly what this is. And she... Yeah, she controls a larger-than-her blue spi- like spiritual form kind of thing. that is able to interact with other While people. she stays in one area. Yeah, Boomy's like, so, damn, what kind of speech What did you give her? Yep. And, of course, Korra starts teleporting the same way that uh, that Unalak did. Uno, uh, well, Unavatu. Unavatu. Um, Same thing. Anyway. And literally so, Godzilla music's playing while Unavatu continues to vibe up the city. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. straight up. Yeah, we, we get Unavatu's like, I'm destroying any everything. And all of a sudden, boom. Like a big meteor or giant, Gundam or Titan again just flies out of the giant, sky. Giant Korra. And then, yeah. Giant Korra appears. And then they have... The best thing ever. They have a old-fashioned DBZ beam struggle. I'm about to say, literally, a beam struggle happens immediately. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is what I'm saying. Like you're like, well, the Avatar doesn't have a word beam spirit. Clearly, Korra somehow, despite not having Rava in her, is able to fire a giant blue beam from her chest. <laughs> yeah, we'll wait, get what? <laughs> wait, what? Wait, what are you talking? I'm sorry, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> hey, what are you talking about? She totally put her hands together and went, "Come on!" Oh wait. Yeah. Anyway, no, it was more like a. She might as well have. Say, I would say more like a Gallicon or the, the DX bomber, whatever uh, Napa's thing we're choosing from his mouth is. Oh uh, right. But yeah, anyway, it's the eraser <laughs> cannon. Yeah, eraser cannon, maybe. <laughs> uh, but anyway, wow. um, now as this is hat. As this is happening, oh wait, actually Beam Struggle's done because Korra won it and now she's literally beating the crap out of Unalak yep. in her new giant form. Um, and of course, as this is happening, you know, Unalak does Vine Whip. It had no effect. Um, because she, you know, she like grabs it and starts uh, pulling him towards. Also, did we uh, we mention that like while uh, meditating that she had a flashback saying like, oh yeah, Rava said that they, if one of them ever killed the other, the other one would just like respawn. Oh yeah, it, it does do that flashback. That's like the first one flashback. Yeah, because now she starts reaching into his chest trying to like pull out something. That's really oh, yeah. weird. And, and he acknowledges that, which is weird because he's never really acknowledged the fact that they exist together. Do they both have to exist? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, no. She. But then at the same point, though, he's, he's like, to kill she's gone. That. She ain't coming back. Boo hoo. Well, yeah, but then again, maybe he's the bad guy. He's got to lie. I'm about to say, maybe, I was going to say, maybe, like, they said, like, one of us would eventually pop up. Maybe it would be, like, 10,000 years before, like, they even respawned a little bit. And, like, Korra just doing the weird time tree spirit magic just became giant and then pulled her, pulled Rava out early, I guess. Maybe it's the case. It's like, it's, it's like Chris and every one of us said earlier. Spirit magic, yo. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. Spirit magic. And, and as all of this is happening, you know, um, Korra, again, tries to, like, find some weird thing in his, in Rava's chest, it, uh, in Vatu's chest, Uno and he's Vatu. like, ha, <laughs> he, he's like, ha, you can't find it, and then Korra takes a big hit. Back to the spirit world, we see dark spirits are coming over towards the tree. Yep. And, of course, they're all like, oh, no, they're going after Korra's body, and this... This Ed is, is the when one moment we get to see lightning bending. Yep, we get to see Mako use lightning Basically, again. It's the only lightning bending of the season. It's like at this point, does he get one lightning bending? Uh, one lightning bending moment a season? Maybe he's no Maybe he takes a lot out of him. And, uh, <laughs> and this is no. He's not able to work a shift at a power plant. You're lightning bending yeah, for yeah, yeah. just a second. Maybe the fire just has more radius, and he's better at it because he probably he's not trained in light. It's obviously he can project. Like, but like that's, that's 
that's a that is a fight ending move. Like if you use a lightning bolt, yeah, he's not really fighting people that much. It's probably illegal for him to do that as a cop. <laughs> and, and then, and okay, then, gonna, if you want to talk about being a cop, we get clearly non benders who are just the worst oh, being detectives. Yeah, we, we had those two. We talked about them a bunch in the last episode. So. How are they detectives? <laughs> How? Maybe they got lazy after they, they, were, they, were, oh. they were young hotshots and they just put them together and they should have been with a cool partner. They, they've got bad, bad mix-up. Anyway. Speaking, speaking of mix-up, this is where we get some interesting cuts because we go to Korra getting, like, lo- losing the fight and then oh, starting to get exercised. Yeah, well, yeah, she was beating up for a while, and now it's time for Unavatu to actually get some hits in. And now Unavatu is starting to exercise her, that that, that avatar. And then, of course, Tenzin, hey, hey, it goes hey, back hey. to Denton yeah. and all the dark spirits, and we get Desna and Eska joining the fight. That's yeah. right, girl, girlfriend decides to join the fight. Yeah, Bull is rescued by her, it's great. <laughs> I love you! Now let's destroy our enemies. Says, let's face the end of the world together. And then she you are so romantic. romantic. <laughs> and then, it was a great moment. They're really great together. They really are, actually, I'm learning. But then, as Korra is almost, almost exercised completely... Deus Ex Genora appears. Yeah, oh, okay. more crazy spirit we are magic. At, this is, I mean, literally, first off, Vatu growing that bit. Uno, Uno Vatu growing that big. We will save for the end of the episode. Growing that big. I want to get to, I want to get, I want to, yeah, we'll get to Korra the, getting the end of this a episode. giant blue monster is a Deus Ex Machina. Then Genora coming down with the Deus Ex Machina moment in a, in a, Episode of Days Ex Machina has made no sense. Oh, yeah, Janora comes down and, and Pemma's just like, yeah, What's happening? Like, Pemma shouts, like, Be careful, honey. <laughs> yeah, and then, of course, Janora literally makes the exercising stop and gets Korra back on her feet so that Korra can actually finally. Oh, yeah, that Unavatu was uh, corrupting Korra like he did with. Uh her earlier. He was like corrupting her sp- the spirit form. A it, was a very, it was very similar to uh, Ozai A yeah. moment. Yeah, it was sort very, very similar. Sort of. But then as all of that's happening, yeah, we, we finally actually see what that tiny light is, which, of course, we already said, it's Rava. Yeah. So she legitimately finally pulls Rava out, and Korra does the actual exercising thing. Not the dark spirit thing, but the actual light Legit exercising, spirit bending. Would it be purify? Yeah, it's like a purifying. Is it, thing, it, is it purify? I've always been calling it exercising. I'm calling it spirit bending. Because I think exercising. Water I'm thinking of exercising. I think it's rule 34 here. And Jesus I'm Christ! Just, anyway, do it anyway. I'm, I'm, I think it's more like spiritual water bending. Well, the, the, the reason, the, well, the reason why I call it exercising is because after it's done, after it succeeds, the spirit vanishes completely. Yeah, I know. But, that, but yeah, yeah. oh, and speaking of which, I'm thinking of. Anyway, back to anyway, and speaking of you know what happens when they do this spirit thing, um, she does it to Unavatu, and it succeeds in purifying, exercising, whatever, because they literally both Vatu and Unalak vanish completely, Into, and the weird spirit dust, and they shoot back to the spirit world, which is a weird moment to me because I'm always wondering, and I never get to dress through the series. I guess technically a spoiler alert, like. Is Vatu dead? Is he? Well, I assume he's still well, spirit trapped like those uh, fog people. I we'll get to that assume. after the episode because <laughs> I too what have happened? I do have to, a few questions about that too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now all are in the spirit world that are just trying to you know is, come, yeah. Yeah, just the, as the team is about to lose, so the spirits trying to go for Korra in the in the tree. Korra appears with light and Janora returns to her body. Yeah, she wakes with Asami and Katara. Yep. And, uh, also, like uh, uh, a note I saw on the Wikipedia, this is the first non-speaking Katara appearance since Appa's Lost Days. 
Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> in every other episode she appeared, she has been talking. Yeah, yeah she's had a line every other time, but yeah. Yep. And then of course, Cora. Uh, after all this, you know, we get a sweet little moment when Jinora's like, "I'm awake, yay!" Yeah, and then of course, we see uh, says Cor- Cora save the world, and yeah. very blandly too, if I may. Yeah, add. Cor- yeah, she's very weirdly. Cora save the world. <laughs> <laughs> and then we see Cora looking at Rava, who's now back to being big. And well, yeah, because they just literally took out Batu. Right, and then mm-hmm. they fuse once again, and now you know they're, they're completely fused again. Now, before we get to anything deep like that, we actually see, you know, um, Korra apologizes to Desna and Eska because she couldn't save their dad. And they're like, <laughs> what? You thought we actually cared? He became a monster. We're, we're not we're not okay with him anymore. We're actually not going to be all, oh, no, we hate you and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then Eska brings up, what are we going to tell mom, though? <laughs> Uh-oh. And speaking of which, Bolin walks over and says, hey... I'm not a fan of long-distance relationships, so you should totally come back to Republic City. Eska's like, no, we're, we're not coming back. In fact, actually, this isn't going to work out. Yeah. He's like, but what about... And she's like, I got emotional over the you know trying times. And even Bolin's like, yeah, I did too. But, of course, Bolin will always hold a special place in the organ that pumps her blood. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They finally split. She sadly returns to the north, and this is when Boomju comes back to be with Boomy. Yay! What's really important? Hey, 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 help us out here because we heard we're hearing some things. Is it Boomju or Boomjun? It's Boomju because it's Boomy Junior. Okay, well, well, yeah, but but Boomju well could also convey that. Yeah, could, but he's a Ju. J U. Yeah, Boomju. Yeah, it's Boomju. Or B U M Boomju. Okay, so it is Ju. It's Ju. Yeah. Okay. We, we thought it was. We thought we heard that end. So I swear I heard the end. He um, raises this way that he pronounces it. Who knows? So now, now Cora and Rava are fused, and even Tenzin's like, "So, can you talk to your past lives?" Yep. No. Cora mentions that she cannot <laughs> she because of whatever it. happened. She's now starting from scratch again. She's pretty much a brand new Juan. She is. If you, it's 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 very symbolic because Juan beginning with the firebending, you know, the first avatar. Korra, dealing with the same exact situations, the new the new first avatar, waterbending. Uh, what is that? Also, you can almost see the opposite earth and air, you know, whereas Juan was very, you know, he was very fleety, he was very avoidance of things, mm-hmm. you know. He was someone who tried to avoid conflict where impossible, Cora is the kind of person who runs in head first, headlong. She, oh, yeah. She's very she's a water earthbender, while Juan was a fire airbender. Yeah, he was a and, very he was also a thief, which seems like a very airbender esque personality. But with, <laughs> with all this, now that they know what's going on with her, Tenzin's like, okay, steal the portals. Cora goes to start and she goes, wait, what if of all the things Unalak said, what if this one thing about keeping the portals open was actually right. What if he was correct in saying that Juan made one mistake in sealing the portals? Maybe spirits and people were meant to live together. Yep. What should I do, Tenzin? And Tenzin says, "Hey, yeah, I have nothing more I can teach you. Yeah, do what you Fo- think feels right. Follow, follow okay. your heart, and uh, you know, and do your thing. Well, and of course, you know, we find out the spirits are going. To, the spirit portals are going to remain open." Yep. But now we have to get to the big moment. Real quick, well, I, really I just want to throw out there that technically one was wrong in closing of the spirits off from humans, but at the same point, 
you had Vought to right there by both point portals, willing and able to corrupt people. So closing off the portals from Vatu. Sorry about that bump, <laughs> Closing off the portals from Vatu was a good choice, but Korra not closing them off because there's no Vatu in the tree right there is also a good choice. So one didn't technically make a mistake closing off people from Vatu. He made the mistake of closing off spirits. Right. Like, 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 yeah. they, 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 they both made a, a good decision based on the circumstances at the time. Right, yes. yeah. Mm -hmm. De definitely. Also, humans were clearly terrible at that moment. Like, as though they always are. Not, yeah, yeah, I was just saying they, they always really are. They really didn't get any better. The worst. They literally didn't get any better because, like, almost... Poor Ivor, by the way, because the decision to keep the spirit portal open means that Ivor's going to have a lot more company in his tea parties. Hey, oh. let's, just make sure, let's just make sure that it's good company. And if it's bad company, come on. It's Iroh. He made a street thug turn straight. Yeah. I mean, you'll you'll see later on. Anyway, that anyway, before people go in the spirit world too. Yeah, yeah. Well, sure, sure. yeah th th there there is more things we could talk. But now the big moment. Mako, after so long, finally yeah, goes to really Korra <laughs> and uh, confronts Korra about the breakup. And after he tells her, Korra's like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I did forget at that time, but then I meditated under the yeah, tree time, the so, so I can remember that's that. That's fine. And, you know, after some discussion, they actually agree that they should stay broken up. Yay! Finally! <laughs> I mean, um, oh. They kiss and say that they'll always love each other. And... Biggest fallacy ever. Sorry, go on. That's fine. I don't need to be together to love each other, I guess. Um, but, and of course... Bolin hugs Mako oh, and yeah, says, dude. Hey, it's all cool, man. Yeah, I, I like <laughs> it because Bolin... It's like, Bolin, ever since he met with Varric, can now read the room a lot better because he's just like, slides in. You want a hug? And <laughs> Mako doesn't even answer. He just gets a hug. Because, as Chris will say, hopefully with me, in unison, brothers don't, don't shake hands... hands. Brothers got a hug. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> and then we cut to Korra at the at a podium in the Southern Water Tribe, yep. telling them that the South Pole is now officially independent again. Yeah, and get the hell out of here, North Tribe. <laughs> North and Tonrock is their leader from now on. He's the new elder, the chief. The, the chief, yes, yeah. the chief. Um, and then of course she also mentions that the portals are going to remain open, mm -hmm. and this is going to be strange. Because nothing, you know, this has never happened. The world is constantly changing. And now that, now, she's going to use Raba's light to still protect. Yep. She's not, there's, she's not going to be the, uh, she's not going to be the bridge of the spirits anymore. Because now spirits and people are going to have to learn to coexist with each other. And now they're entering a new age. Yep. Which then you get to see this like really like beautiful, yeah, like a bunch of spirits anymore. and Boomju. Um, yep. And then... That's where the episode and season two of Legend of Korra ends. Yep, we are finally done with season two. And the Doomsday device has shifted the polarity of the Earth. Yep. Oh, spoilers. <laughs> oh, no, that's not a spoiler. It's no, no, no. That, that, I was literally, that's the line that Bolin says after he says that. He's like, oh, because this and this. Oh, whoops. Spoilers. <laughs> oh, yeah. for the uh, episode. I, see, I was actually quoting. But anyway, <laughs> so... Alright, so now I want to, since uh, everyone except for Ben has seen this season before, what do you think of this season, <laughs> I knew this was coming! What do you think of this season compared to the hold first on, one? Hold on, hold on. Um, just, oh my goodness. Where do I begin with this? First off, you always blindside me even though I know we're gonna, uh, we're, you're gonna ask me this. 
So, compared to sec- to first season, that's a, that's a tough thing to do because each season is definitely different than the last uh, than, than the last season. There, it's like it's like comparing different books of a series. Yeah. Um. Personally, I definitely like this a lot better. The than season the first one? one, really? The, the, the season one. But now, now huh. here's why. Here's why. See, th- this is why it's difficult. Because with season one, I liked the political stance. I yep. liked the whole like terrorism, terrorist kind of thing. What I like about this one is now we shift from the like the actual physical aspect of things to a more spiritual kind of thing. Because let's be honest, yep. Cora had troubles with her spiritual training. Yep. This focused on that. With everything going on, like the whole spirits and all that stuff like that, there were some moments where I'm just like, what is going on kind of thing. And yeah, there were some... I, I did also like the uh, the other part of the whole... It wasn't just about spirits, because yeah. I did like the whole um, noir setting with Mako being like... Oh, oh yeah, the Mako and Varric plot was probably the, my favorite thing about this season. Oh, dude, yeah, it, was, dude, it was amazing. And see, I'm a sucker for things like that. Like, I actually... I'm not... So for in my opinion, some people don't do the whole mystery noir kind of uh, mm-hmm. thing correctly. Cora did it right. Oh yeah. Um, and of course, up to that season finale. Oh uh, yeah, I'm about to say regarding Beric, you were convinced that Beric didn't do it. Oh yeah, yeah, In one in the first episode, I thought it was maybe like a, a triad, like doing some really good, like you know, covering it up yeah. because we already learned that they apparently had plastic surgery with Yakone. Yeah, but yeah, he, cha- he literally changed yeah, his face. Yeah, but like barely. <laughs> but but then the next episode, I even I even said it in the, yeah, yeah, the, you know, the episode. Like, I'm like, look, I'm gonna fess up. I wanted to not believe that he did it, yeah. and we find out, of course, he freaking did. Yeah. Um. And but of course, he was more chaotic neutral because he did bad things, and of course, he did it for himself, obviously. Yeah. But. Good came out of it. Bolin is now a better person. He can actually do more with things. Korra, you know, now everyone knows about the that whole thing, etc. Yeah. But then, uh, what? You I was going to say, wanna... yeah, what did you think of uh, Unavatu, Unalak, and his whole plan regarding so, all that nonsense? So, my thoughts. That whole arc was kind of, eh? Yep. I mean, okay, unlike Ed... I kind of liked the uh, the aspect of having a dark version of the Avatar. Mm-hmm. I actually kind of liked that. Unfortunately, they added him becoming a giant monster. Yeah. I, unpopular opinion though it may be, I did not like the giant battle <laughs> between Korra and uh, Unavatu. I did not like that at all. It, it was kinda, very weird. And dumb. It kind of pulled really everything out of like. Like, the whole feel of everything. Um, and, of course, Deus Ex Genora. Ugh, why? <laughs> Deus Ex Machinas are pretty annoying at times when they get overused, they aren't are. they? Um, <laughs> yeah, they can really ruin the plot, huh, Ben? <laughs> but, wait, what? Uh, that's a personal joke. Anyway, um, but to you, Ed, my whole thing about the whole, like, dark Avatar thing this is just an opinion, obviously. I'm not telling you you have to like it, but I think the reason why 
he called it the Dark Avatar was because he knows how the Avatar came to be. He knows that the Avatar is a fusion of the Light Spirit and, and you know, the person who can control the four elements. So, in order to, in order to combat the Avatar, because we always thought it was going to be, you know, just the Avatar yeah. itself, he was going to fuse with the Dark Spirit to become a darker, a, a dark avatar to combat the light avatar. Yeah, the reasons why it happens to make sense, just like the, the, him referring to himself in that name just sounds dumb. Okay, but, it, uh, it, it, I'm waiting yeah. to, to fully comment until... Oh, that, that's that's fine. Um, but now, you know, getting up to this, the whole spirit world, everything about the spirit yep. world, I loved it. Especially, don't get me wrong, in Legend of Korra, Bolin is best boy. In Avatar The Last Airbender, best bender is tough, obviously. But mm-hmm. best character, best boy, also is tough. Iroh. Nah. Best, <laughs> yes, best boy is top. No, um, yeah. <laughs> sure, best, be, be, best boy best girl, uh, is Iroh. I, so. <laughs> I, I, see, I find myself more relating to Iroh than Toph. Although, mm. I freaking love Toph. Like, they're, they're kind of like kind of tied as number mm-hmm. one. rather. But anyway, the, season, uh, the second to last episode, when Korra lost Rava... I was scared. Like oh, yeah. I was. It was a very big, big, oh my big goodness. Big. I, I, there was one other time. I'm not going to get into it, but there was one other time where I was legit, legitimately watching a TV show and just legitimately like went like got afraid of something. Yeah, it was a crazy thing to happen for I'm actually killing this Rava spirit for that little bit of time. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But I was gonna say yeah. I'm glad I got you really some general thoughts on the season so far because like I would I didn't want to say it the whole time we were watching, but like. This season in the community is pretty much regarded as the worst season of Korra. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to say that at any point. I didn't want to change your opinion. But I just wanted to tell you, like, I can, I, I'm surprised that you like this more than the first season because most people really like the first season were disappointed in the well, second one. But again, at the, very beginning of my, of, at the very beginning of my talking, yeah. it's hard to say what one I liked more oh, or okay. liked less. But because they're both two separate things. Yes. But I can also see why people didn't like this season, especially towards the end. Yeah, yeah. I would say Unavatu doesn't have uh, hold a candle to um, Amon. Amon, dude. And yeah, uh, <laughs> when it comes to villains, yeah, Amon is... Tears above Unavatu. Good, good on Unavatu though for going through and killing off like a main character, like pulling like, oh, this is main character you've been following for a while. Oh, you killed them. That's shocking, you know. And not just oh, some side character we learned about like an episode or two ago. <laughs> know, just an example. I don't even know. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> Unavatu was eh, and like. People were very confused about the whole spirit thing. People like I like I said during the one episode, people didn't like the whole weird explanation for how the bending where the bending came from. People were upset about. There were a lot of things people didn't like too much about the season, but I thought it was okay. What did you think, Chris? They, they, they didn't like the explanation of how how the Avatar came to be. Yeah, with the lion turtles and the weird like just giving it like the whole aspect of that. People were like kind of like what that didn't make any sense. It's we talked about that in the episode. Like people were confused about like wait how did that that's where the bending came from if it didn't come from like dragons and the moon and badger moles like it says in the original series. Oh, I see. And like how the whole concept of Rava and like being the spirit of the Avatar, the actual spirit, never came up once in the original series, and it was just like a new thing for this. People didn't agree with that either. It's like a big people had a number of problems with the season, but I just wanted to tell you like yeah, I was curious what you thought because yeah, it gets like it ramps up even better, and I'm glad you like the season though. Mm. Yeah, good. I was just saying, in, in, in our next episode of our podcast mm-hmm. for Cora, yeah, I, I, I've got a million and one things to say about that. But now, I'm interested in one thing now. Ed, 
You said you had some comments about the whole Dark Avatar thing that you would like to comment on. I, I actually would like to hear what you have to say about that whole thing. Well, I'm going to talk about that and all of Season 2 here in my, my little summary here. Okay. So, someone who has seen the entire series, yep. I will agree that the second season is... Is the worst of them. <laughs> I'm like, you're going to say something nicer. <laughs> no, I, it's not that I just I dislike the season. It's that compared to what comes and everything, it's the weakest of the three because it's the four. It's, right? Of the four, well, the th- I say the three because it's clear that season two, three, and four were all built as part of a full story. Season one was always built to be a one season, one and done franchise. Yeah, that is, yeah, that that is right. two, three, and four were meant to work together, and you'll and going forward, you see that you see where seasons two and three influence the following season and further on. That is true. Like like, like the end of season two like sets the premise, the tone for season three. Yeah, and that's and, probably and hundred percent season four. Yeah, and yeah. that's probably why it's hard for me to compare season two to season one because yes. Season one was a standalone thing, oh, yeah, yeah. and then now two, three, and four was its own thing. So season two had a, had had a lot of ebbs and flows. The opening was a little slow. You know, there's a lot of changes. Mako's still terrible. That's why it's oh. that consistency. You had to stay in the water tribe that long. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best part of it. But no, it's season season two has a lot of good moments. The Wan episodes are honestly to oh, me yeah. the best episodes in all of Korra, and I don't say that lightly. Because I love seeing where it came from. I love, you know, you know, you brought up like, oh, I don't see where the badger moles and the moon come from. But you see, you, you notice in the one episodes when the, those soldiers are just given fire and use it and throw it around. Whereas they even comment, one is turning this fire bending, this, this, this tool that the others see into a part of himself. Yeah. And that's... The beginning of bending becoming more than just a tool, becoming a thing. It's bending is a part of a culture, a community, a person, an individual. You know, I watch Moana a bunch with my two-year-old. And (laughs) Maui's line of, without my hook, I am nothing. You know, because to him, that hook is a part of Maui. He doesn't see the hook as just a hook. He sees the hook as a part of his himself. And that's what bending really becomes in season two. Regarding the ending here, especially these last few. And Unavatu. And Unavatu. <laughs> it's not just Unavatu. It's, I don't like the Dark Avatar because to me, it ruins Unalak's character. Him, because Aman, again, as I said earlier, he doesn't see himself as a terrorist. He's an equalist. But Unalak calls himself a dark avatar, not the true avatar, not the rightful avatar, not the correct avatar. He's a dark avatar has the connotation of, you know, being a bad guy. Years of darkness. I think at one point he does say new avatar, but... He, like, when, he, when, he, when he and Vatu fuse and start using that terminology, I'm, I'm more okay with it. Yeah. And even Vat, Uno Vatu calling himself a dark avatar... Batu clearly sees himself as darkness, as chaos, as, as everything. So him calling himself the Dark Avatar is fine. But Unalak not seeing himself as doing the right thing for the right reason goes against what Korra is about at its core. Well, now, uh. here's, here's, <laughs> now, now I, I understand everything I you're saying that. about that. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying like anything. Is like, my thought on that could be to, uh, to bring up a different source um the dark knight rises 
Bane in that version specifically. Uh, I know, I know, it I'm wasn't that great. <laughs> of course, it was up until um, again the end. The end. Yeah, but my point is, crap, so there's a yeah, scene. There's a scene that in that where Bane takes out the one guy who thinks he's in charge, but he's not. Um, where he sa- where he actually points out that even Bane knows he's a necessary evil. He knows that he's doing bad things, but he knows he has to be that way. Unalak, per- uh, it's not necessarily stated, obviously. But my th- my thinking on that is that Unalak feels like, yes, he knows he's doing these bad things to uh, to, to become like a darker avatar, because it's ne- to him to his mindset it is necessary because all it boils down to is he 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 sees the avatar as like Avatar One, sealed the portals, don't make spirits and humans uh, come together. Dark, uh, dark, he being the dark, he being literally the opposite of what the Avatar is, the opposite of what good is, is now he's becoming dark, he's becoming evil, a necessary evil, just so that spirits and people can live in harmony. But see, no, he, Vatu never, to me, was someone... Uno was not Vatu. Unalak's plans barely made sense too because what what all a we don't know how he even found out about there's a lot of backstory but like how did he even find out about Vatu why did he even come to the conclusion that he would want to do that also we knew that uh, uh, Unalak was a jerk from when he was a kid with his brother and he was jealous and he got his brother kicked out of the water trap so he could be the chief he was always a bad a-hole uh, jerk but like we didn't get enough of like real explanation of like why he was doing anything he was doing. He was already the chief of the Water Tribe. If he wanted to just rule the North or rule the South, he already was doing that when he just brought troops in because they suck. And it's like, I mean, it, it, besides besides Varric, they really had no defenses and they were immediately taken over without the dang spirit things. So it's like, I, we don't know what his real motivations were, how he even came to these conclusions in the first place. And it's like, it's, it's, he's a very underdone villain, because like, we understood everything about Amon by the end. And you understand mm-hmm. Vatu. And you just, yeah, you understand Vatu a little bit more than Unalak. Who's, yeah, yeah. Un- Unalak, he had, he had his potential, he, and his, his, his idea of spirits, but his idea of, I'm going to take out the old Avatar, be the new Avatar, if there was a, if there were two, there were two things that I think that would fix him. A, if you had him running into Vatu and being tricked and controlled, into believing what he was doing was right, it would have made him more sympathetic and made him more of a justifiable character. And if you had a moment of doubt looking in, in Unalak, and Unalak and Vatu's fusion caused Unalak to doubt things and Vatu to then take over, it then would take credence and, and push Unalak to be a more sympathetic, a more, just a better character. Because yeah, he needed more development. If, if Unalak gets tricked by Vatu, believes what he's doing is right, and at that, a, a brief moment sees the horrors of what he's done before Vatu fully takes over and takes control of Unalak, you know, and, and, and everything. Or even Unalak understanding the evils, but never seeing it as truly evil. Because I, I always think back to one of my favorite games of all time, Tales of Symphonia. And the main theme throughout that entire mm-hmm. game is what is right and what is wrong, and what am I doing, and where do I fall on that line? Am I doing the right thing, am I doing the wrong thing, and how is what I'm doing being perceived? And Unalak never has that moment. Yeah. I can feel sympathetic for a character like Amon, who believes what he's doing is truly good, despite him doing clearly evil things. But Unalak never does a clearly evil thing 
for a seemingly right or justified reason, and that's where his issue comes from. Desna and Eska do embody that, in that we believe in our father, so what he's doing must be good. Unalak never gets that moment, and that's my biggest issue. Yeah, he's a very underdeveloped villain who mm. needed more. And he I, didn't I, make, I his motivations were very nebulous and didn't make much sense. And the Deisic Machina's only bothered oh, yeah, me. Very, yeah. I don't mind I don't mind the Deisic Machina bring back Rava as much. I just don't like the way it was perceived and and it just underexplained. Yeah, it was all very, it was all very it, nebulous. Like, spirit magic, agree. which was very underserved. Yeah, I, I do agree. Under- like the whole Genora being able to see spirits and stuff. Yeah, they like very, very briefly like explain it in that one episode where she actually can't. But they really don't go very much into that whole thing, except for I. They might have just needed someone to take Korra into the spirit world. I would have preferred stuff too. Like if if Korra had shown up and made a water based. At, like if, if that giant blue coral was made out of water and she was in like the middle of it, similar to Aang in season one, it would have you know if 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 she had somehow found the power in herself to control the four elements still to bring back the Korra, the Avatar state without the Avatar state actually being there, it makes it a little more justifiable. And looking for the spirits would have made more sense. And then if you have the Genora Deus Ex. It's okay. Too many Deus Ex Machina's just muddy it. Yeah, just Too like, many cooks spoil the broth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it completely took you out of what's going on if uh, your understanding of it or you're caring about it. Uh, Chris, to... you've been silent a long time in this episode. Yes, it's hard to talk about season two without three and four. So yeah, yeah, yeah you have to hold back. <laughs> you have to hold back, and that's the problem, is that two does not work on its own. Three even does, and four to a point. I'm, a, I, I, I'm like, all this talk about Unalak, I'm just like doing my best to refrain from talking about season three's antagonists. But, like, how much better they are than Unalak. But So much yeah, better. Chris, also, I, I set up Chris to talk, and we immediately cut him off. <laughs> <laughs> Chris. Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. So, so the, 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 the topic is, what did I think of season two as a whole? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, so, I guess, juxtaposing it to the original Avatar, I thought it was interesting that they, they started off with a season that was about spirits. So, mm-hmm. you had, like, the, fir- the first Avatar series that was literally, the, the books were literally titled Water... Uh, earth and fire in that order uh, to, to, to represent, you know, the elements that Aang had to learn. Yeah. And then you start off with uh, the, the first book of Korra, where Korra already knows, like, already has mastered three elements off the bat. And so then, of course, the first one, the first book naturally is Air, yeah. where she had to learn that uh, and, and, uh, to coincide with her, you know, her avatarly duties. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, then as, and then the next, so then, like, when I, I remember when I was uh, like just getting to understand Korra, I'm thinking like, well, there are four seasons, but she already has three elements. So, and the first one is air. What are the other three going to be? This is, weird. <laughs> this is weird. It makes no sense. Yeah, but it's like, like, but then it's like, oh, so then the so then book two is is a, is called Spirits, which I thought was interesting because it's like, uh, it, it it really addresses like the the part of Avatar of being the Avatar that was for Korra very underdeveloped, which was you know the the spiritual aspect and being the bridge between worlds. Mm-hmm. And was very was already I mean. He was not a monk, so he was inherently very spiritual. Well, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he was very much monk. So he, I mean, he, he still had some learning to do as far as, like, being a, a proper a bridge. Like, 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 because I'm trying to think of, what was that episode where, like, he had to actually, like, like go into the spirit world for with the first Co? time? That was a season, uh, season one finale, yeah. I think. Uh, wait, no, 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 the one with... Um, oh, the, the, panda. The, the panda. The panda in the town yeah. that was burned? Yeah, 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 that, yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. That, did he go to the spirit world for that? I don't yeah, remember he, he him did. actually. He, he, he did. He, that, he, that was the first time he, he did it. He did, but he didn't know. He, he didn't do it like 
on command. He just accidentally went into the spirit yeah. world. Right. But anyway, so I just thought it was interesting how it had to like explore like a spiritual side of Korra, where like like not only was it underdeveloped, she had like literally zero skill in it, or like zero zero skill points in her spirit skill. <laughs> yeah, she was very terrible. <laughs> much, yeah. So so she had to level that up and get more into uh, like uh, de- in depth with that, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah. But um, I mean, overall, I liked season two. Like, I'm not. Gonna, I would say if I was comparing it to season one, I think season one was stronger. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't have a problem with season two. Like, I mean, particularly with going into like the backstory with Avatar one. That oh, yeah. to me was really really cool. Oh, I, really, I love really how cool. they even if even if like they didn't uh, even if it didn't like make a whole lot of sense to a lot of people. I think that it just like at least attempting to address that and and giving it a, a good amount of time to like. Attempts to flesh it out, I thought was really neat, and I, yeah, and yeah. I, and I enjoyed that. Um, uh, and I guess I, I, I had a thought early, earlier that you're talking, but I, you know, I wanted right, to wait, wait, wait for the right moment to, oh, yeah, to, yeah. Bring, to bring it up. Um, I think it was, yeah, it, it was, it was revolving around what you were saying, Matt, with uh, uh, how people were just disagreeing with uh, the origin of the bending that yeah, itself. Yeah, yeah. How it was just like. It, just like a tool, a power granted by the Lion Turtle that was like a ter- was a t- like here's a loader of magical power to just mm-hmm. get to bring it back. <laughs> yeah, it's <was> very weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, and that it was interesting because it's like uh, back in the day, like bending, I guess, just kind of naturally existed. Um, but it was it was more of like just that it was a tool. It, yeah. it was a tool for you. It wasn't really like a way a way of life or like a fighting style. It was just like uh, you're going out into the wilderness where we can't protect you. So here's here's a tool to defend yourself. Yeah, and that and that, that's really oh. all the bending was. Right. Yeah. Because it was more of it wasn't just a tool. It was a tool to fend off spirits. Yeah. Because you know mortal weapons can't. And everybody was using it just to float up to a tree and pick a fruit off of it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. And, and then like to like to uh, you know to 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 build on a point that Ed had mentioned it was like because. Back then, it was considered a tool, but in in quote unquote present day in Korra, it was actually it's actually like a whole way of life. It it it, it was something that you that you had to, or that everybody just kind of grew accustomed to living with and incorporating into like every facet of society, which mm-hmm. is really cool. Um, but that that that's outside the, the scope of you know just season two. Um, <laughs> yeah. Try it. Trying to think. Do I have any other like, like, <laughs> thoughts specifically uh, with season two? I, uh, I, I what have do one. you think of uh, Unavatu? Yeah, Unavatu. Him as a villain okay, compared to Unavatu. Uh, I mean, vaguely compared to. What I mean, comes the after. concept of, of 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 Rava and Vatu specifically, I thought was interesting. How you, you had like, you had two spirits constantly at war, and then one severed them together. That was and that that just basically was the catalyst that started the whole Avatar cycle. That was interesting. Yeah. Um, but that like Unalak and Vatu, I I did feel. Ca- like it was a little, it was a little strange. Just, just, just to be like that was, Unlock's ultimate goal was I have to fuse with Vatu and take over the world. Yeah, it was very much <laughs> yeah. what his plans were. <laughs> yeah, like I, I guess the, like, I was really, I was really with him on, I was with you, I, I was really with Unalak. Uh, with the whole plot of like we have to open up both spirit portals so that humans and spirits can can, can live free together. Yeah, I'm like, I, I really like that. It's like you know, humans and spirits they have been, they've been closed off for all this time, and there's no reason why they can't live together if it's physically possible, and it mm-hmm. is. Or I, I guess spiritually possible. Hello. No. <laughs> <laughs> Something I'm always curious about though is if you know Vatu at the end there when he gets dissipated, does he still gonna exist? Is he gonna appear someday? I, gonna I wonder that out. as well. Because I I mean, gonna, like well, like I said when the with the with Korra reaching inside of uh, Unavatu at the time, I assume that when they when one of them kills the other for good, they said the other will come back. 
but that could be uh, like the next day, or that could be that ten thousand years well, see, from now. But, they never explain. But Korra, Korra's ghost giant kaiju monster literally reaches into Batu and pulls Rava out, presumably early or something like that, before right. she would have actually normally respond. So since she, since that uh, uh, Rava seemingly once again killed Vatu, Vatu will pop up eventually uh, somewhere. But also, like what, in theory. Would Vatu not appear in in the ever? Uh, oh, yeah. a Eventually water, have a waterbender, but a waterbender because you know the the reason that uh, they go through the cycle is now you find out because of the the order that Wan learned bending and that's just the way that they're reincarnated is into each cycle. Theoretically, Unavatu was the the dark avatar oh, a of a and is a pure waterbender. So in theory, there should be someday, if not now, a waterbender yeah. who comes back and has the darkness inside of him. Yeah. I'm gonna say technically, since like she seemingly killed the uh, the dark avatar and Unavatu uh, combined, that there should be a kid right now being born who's even uh, gonna be an evil avatar. <laughs> technically, is how it should be. But then that also <laughs> kind of brings question on you know because they said in the first series if you kill the avatar in the avatar state, the cycle ends. Oh, you're right. But you're killing and you're killing Rava, but Rava would still come back. So we assume that Vatu will come back, but without being fused, because the fusion version has been killed. Similar to how the Avatar in the state ends the cycle, Rava would eventually come back, but <laughs> without the reincarnation of the Avatar, because the Rava that learned all the elements, or was connected to someone who was connected to all the elements, is now dead. I mean, we're not spiritual uh, magic experts, so we'll never know. Oh, so to finish, <laughs> Wait, so, you're not? I mean, I am. But... <laughs> well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> so to finish in an earlier thought, uh, I guess to address the point of, like, that's, you know, like the criticism of that the origin of bending, why the lion turtles, like, didn't make sense compared, uh, juxtaposed to, like, how it was explained uh, in the, the original Avatar series. Like, you, like, one could make the argument that's, like, uh, the... The use of, or I guess the the origin of the Avatar and having bending specifically from Lion Turtles could apply specifically to the Avatar and like how the Avatar's like bending abilities came to be and through the whole cycle. Whereas, you know, the the benders of individual elements, yeah. like, like like you know, just specifically like all fire benders, all water benders, earth benders, earth bend, air benders, it's like maybe they on their own learned uh, the bending from those respective sources. We they uh, we went over that in the um, episode we covered the one stuff is like yeah the, remember at the end of that or at the end of the first parts we see that a bunch of people were like hey Juan left and he just has firebending he's walking around in the woods and then like twenty or so people just get firebending leave the turtle forever and then start a village and start burning out spirits but then they, but they, they all get killed yeah yeah so. do they all get killed we don't know what they happens to that group killed. do they get uh, who knows the spirits one hundred percent kill them all. I mean, well, yeah, we well, yeah, that's never shown. Because but then after after one um, after one splits up, uh, every all the spirits sends the turtles away. That we presumably just gave like a small portion of a good, I at least probably half compared to how many benders there are of people just bending before they just left forever. But also, we can't get too tied up in all of this nonsense. You think Unalak compared to uh, Amon? <laughs> oh, I, I definitely liked Amon better as a villain. Mm -hmm. I mean, and and I, I guess to, to it as I'm thinking about this, it's like. Uh, on the other, on the other hand, if Unalak, if his uh, motivation specifically ended at opening the portals, there would have been no reason to release Vatu. He would have just stayed in the tree forever. Yeah. There would have been no reason to have that whole big clash at the end, which you, you could argue is necessary to set up the uh, the premise 
of season three. Yeah, I would say so. That's like uh, it like, would have been much better. It's, it's 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 kind of like ha- having that that big that big like giant giant monster like uh, battle struggle between him and Korra. I guess from an audience perspective, or I guess it's kind of cool to see like that 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 big that the big over the top epic clash. It, it and at least to me, it's. I guess it created a sense of like, like action climax, climax, and then conclusion, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed that. Well, and to be honest, what maybe would have made that Unavatu thing a little bit more sensical is I someone might have said this earlier, but maybe like as Unalak is like, we must open the portals, and that's just his goal. Maybe have like freaking like a Sith Lord kind of thing where he uh, like every once in a while we'll actually get like Una like hearing the voice yeah. of Batu being like hey you need to do more you need to do more yeah like, yeah any any bit more development would have done both of those characters a lot of yeah. service but uh, listeners congratulations you got the longest episode yet of this podcast uh, <laughs> and of course like, it had to be a season guests. finale one. of course the season finale it deserves it and also we're having four, two lovely guests with us two lovely lovely beautiful guests <laughs> and you have the guy who caught the, fir- the then longest episode at the time joining you again yeah so, you're right <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just pushing the bar forward y'all yeah, you're I'm glad we have these two people joining you're us welcome. Oh, yeah. uh, you're welcome you're welcome well I guess well, we got our thoughts out we're gonna start season three two weeks technically I guess from now because we have the um, Young Justice series. Of course. But, um, okay, well, let's start with plugs. We'll go around the room from starting with Ed for plugs. Uh, you can actually read my game reviews at darkstation.com. If you search Ed Bobinchek in the search bar, you'll show up a nice, good list of all the reviews I've written. I should have two reviews coming up, one for Tropico 6 and one for... I was like, this is going to air in, like, late December, January. <laughs> Uh, the, you never know. Those will be, be newer at this moment. And one for Fell Seals, Arbiter Mark. Uh, you can also tweet me at Ed Bobinchek. I only really use Twitter to tweet a sports talk show that I listen to, but I <laughs> am willing and welcome to wel- welcoming game talk and uh, Avatar and all that kind of talk. So and that's Bobinchek. At Bobinchek. Yep. It literally, Bob and Jack is spelled just how it sounds. Unless you don't want to sport, let's shout out your sports team. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, at, at, at this very moment when we're recording, we just had the Miles Garrett incident. Oh, jeez. Oh, and we're not going to just like shout that. out your team. <laughs> what team do you like? I love the Browns. All right, thank you. Oh, oh but. but. <laughs> I get, I get hey, that we had a situation. It's here for your sports podcast, Ed. You listen to my new sports commentary, the Bob and Check Sports Hour. He's yeah. coming soon. Sometimes said, only just an hour, most of the time not. Matt, to be fair, you said favorite sports team. He had to he had to at least let everyone know that there was a really bad thing that happened, but he still likes the Browns. Mason Rudolph deserves a suspension just as much as Miles Garrett deserves a suspension, and that's all I'll say about that. At Ed Bobinchek, spell E D B O B I N C H E C K. And again, you can find my writings at dark at thedarkstation.com. Alright, so next is me. My name is Matthew Lewis, as you already know from listening to the podcast at this point, 14 episodes in or so. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Forgotten Minotaur King podcast, coming along great. Uh, probably already on hiatus at this point, but I'm not sure. <laughs> Uh, we also, uh, we, I also have my Twitter, Matthew Lewis P, because Matthew Lewis Podcasts couldn't fit. Uh, the Patreon, Matthew Lewis Podcasts. The YouTube, Matthew Lewis Podcasts. Uh, check us out on YouTube. Hopefully we'll be on Spotify by this point. Also Apple iTunes. I don't know how you're listening to this. But, uh, uh next is Chris. Got any plugs? 
Nope, I, I have literally zero plugs. I don't use social media very much at all. And High five! I, I'm, basically, right. I'm basically <laughs> not on the internet. Except even though I you, I'm about to say, even though you are a uh, programmer? Yeah, even, though, <laughs> even though I'm literally a software developer, I'm not on the internet. <laughs> That's now, how you know he knows. <laughs> now, just, now, just like my buddy Chris over here, I still have zero plugs whatsoever. And I, I did mention that you know, I am going to be working on a Facebook page, still under development, mind you. And I also am still working on that secret project. Now that everything in my personal life has been getting a lot better at this point in time, I've, I've been able to actually work more on other things. So, you know, good to hear, bro. Is this a secret project? Don't tell them about it. Yeah, I'm about to get people all hyped about it. Who knows? Maybe in January it'll be off the ground. We'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out. Uh, all right, guys. Stay. You're welcome for the long episode. Keeps it sleazy. We'll still think of a new catchphrase. Yeah, we're still thinking of a catchphrase. Until then, keep it sleazy. <laughs>